0: Ron and Fez show starts right now.
1: Seriously, who fucking let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Give me a kill when we're on the air. Hey, it's Ron and Fez show. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Going to be a great one today. Stone Temple Pilots. Stopping by to do the show, and uh I believe doing an acoustics set that should be just fantastic stone uh temple pilots um, we ought to try to get one of those uh Twitter things that just says rock s t p what are those Twitter things called, Dave, that you, you have the like, little blue tag on them? Um, that's a, uh, a Twitter wave or something? It's like a trending topic. Trending topic. Y- you're just going to repeat now. You had Twitter no idea what it is. But yeah, Twitter what you're wave. saying, that thing that you're saying around Twitter, uh, like, uh, like the, everything is okay. I think it's Twitter wave. Should be exciting, huh, Dave? Stp. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a big rock and roll band right oh. there. Oh. And a great oh. motor oil oh. as well. I'm not familiar with them. Tell you the truth, I'm not familiar with it. Really? Plush? I only had uh, so much time for Seattle. I couldn't give every nineties band to Seattle. I had to move it around a little bit. Okay. So they didn't make it. I sorry. thought they were from San Diego. What's the difference? <laughs> so Zeddy, but you call him a fucking uh, <laughs> Seattle band, don't you? Yeah, I do. So I didn't know this. They're not even a Seattle band at all? No, I think they're San Diego. When they just went, let's sound like Seattle? Yeah, exactly. All that's right. why they they got the pill. That's why this is going to be a fucking great interview. <laughs> this is going to be a great interview. Take it to them. You know, that's what I say. Take it to the limit one more time. I think that was their big song, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Who that's, was that then? That's Eagles. Philadelphia? No, no, no. The, the uh, California Eagles. <laughs> what? <laughs> the team moved in the middle of the night? Oh, now I know what the people in Baltimore feel like. All right, it is the Ron and Fez show Uh, We'll get this out of the way very quickly, but uh, Fez Watley in a very strange mood. He mixed up his meds. Hicks, I see you laughing. Have you already dealt with it?
2: He was a little weird this morning. Uh, He was like, I overdosed, guys, so I'm a little dizzy. And then he had to go take a walk to get some air. I
1: heard during the walk he was rooting around a car. Um, I don't know what to say. I seriously don't know what to say. David Mac, you're wearing the uh, shirt of a sixth grader, though. Oh, you think? Yeah. I think it looks nice. You know, it's slimming, isn't it? Uh, I'm not going by whether it's, you know, slimming or not. But it just uh, it just reminds me of something a, a small child would wear. The horizontal stripes, probably, is what does it for you. Well, it's not, that's not supposed to be a slimming thing. Stripes are always supposed to go the opposite direction. I was thinking I look pretty fat in this shirt yeah, you now know. that I think about it. Uh like a tweet wave is that it like a like a twit wave waving twit is that it like a like a twit wink uh so we'll get the show started but you are sitting in here
3: fez yeah i'm here just very edgy yeah very dizzy, weird very dizzy have a massive headache
1: okay all right well at any point that you like to hop in we'd love to have you thank you and i'm saying that Over the last five years. Oh. Just um, this decade. Mm -hmm. If you get that feeling, we'd love to have you. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We'll look for your... Ichiban. Ichiban. Ichiban today. Uh, And, of course, the Ichiban means... Number one. Number one. It's an Asian term uh, made up by Dave. That means number one. Uh, Dave, I'll get this out of the way. You gave me this gigantic fucking thing that, watch the Suns. It's the year of the Suns. (laughs) Second time I've turned on this semifinals uh, to watch one team not show up at all at home. Yeah. Yeah.
4: This is, uh, it's been a rough year for my basketball picks all across the board. College, pros, anything. I better not pick high school teams. Uh, the uh, the, the, the Suns just get destroyed. Kobe, 40 points. And everyone
1: else on the, on the team played well, too. Uh, by the way, when SDP is, uh, comes in, just play Black Hole Sun and yell, this is your song at them. <laughs> all, all right. S- Soundgarden, though. No difference. And then also say this: We're coming back with Jeremy for you guys. Well, that I would like, but that was Pearl Jam. I mean,
4: hmm. um, I mean, not only does LeBron score forty, but you know Lamar Odom, nineteen rebounds, nineteen points. Come
1: on, not a lot you're going to do there. <laughs> but I mean, it takes place in your own fucking house. Those guys come there and treat you like that. We're going to have well, last year. That was year... in Los
4: Angeles. The game oh, was, was in L. A. Yes, the game was in L. A. All
1: right. Well, then that's their own home. Yeah. Uh, but,
4: you know, Ronnie, Mr. B, I, I thought of it. Call I saw me Ronnie or Mr. B. Okay. You can't have both. Sorry. Mr. B, um, I
1: saw this on ESPN. I like Ronnie. Ronnie. Um, That's food. too familiar now. That fucked, that fucked me a little bit because it almost felt like you were stepping up on me. I got a big meeting after the show about you today. Oh, good. And I was told uh, by the big boss immediately because I don't have a lot of time. So I think it's, it's uh, great for you after all the years you've been here. Tell Dave's story, walking. Uh, follow me from one meeting to the other and tell me. No, I think he's going to come here I'm going to go there. Okay. Um,
4: uh, Phil Jackson, 46 series where he's won game one. He's
1: 46. One of zero. my ideas there, though, is just to tell him that my thing is uh, he's changed. That's my... Basic pitch. Okay. I hope for the better, you Doesn't know. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the, you couldn't have gotten worse. Doesn't matter. Do you remember that you were the piss drinking shit throwing guy? Of course I recall that. Um, have you met Slash before? No. See, part of that? So, how many of the GNR guys have owned a.
5: I met Yoshi, Steven
4: Adler and I met um, Duff McKagan drummer okay. and bassist respectfully. So tomorrow they got Slash and you're going to yeah. be in for that? Yeah, I mean Opie invited me, but I told them and I'm not lying, I said I'm uh, I'm not even joking. I don't think I could not like cry. Like this this it Slash and Axel would give me Slash Axel and Eddie vetter would give me like crying moments like a little girl. I don't think, you know, someone weeping or something is is good. But that's what they You gonna, go ahead and cry, big gal. Like I'm actually getting like a little emotional like, thinking about, like, seeing Slash in person would... Slash
1: is your Beatlemania. Yeah,
4: it really is. Like, it would be... Slash is is almost a cartoon character in and of himself. Mm-hmm. And it... it so, this, for you, is this, like, meeting
1: Boo Boo from Yogi Bear?
4: Yeah, something akin, uh, you know. It's like a meeting Batman, you know? Um. All right, so, like, meeting Adam West? No, I'm saying, being the actual superhero, Batman. To me, that's how big Slash is. Mm-hmm. He's almost a fictional person, I you see. know, with the costume and, of course, the brilliant guitar playing. It's just, it would, it, yeah. I, I, fear like I, 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 would not be able to not cry. Do you think that you'll be able to get him to do "Sweet Child of Mine" with you singing lead? I'm gonna try. God Good. damn it. Yeah. I was also thinking maybe I'll wear my Slash costume for him show him when i play guitar hero i have my guitar and
1: everything that, that's good thinking see but don't act like this is my slash costume just like like this is the way i dress you know <laughs> like don't ever call bring any attention to it and if anyone says to you okay. hey you're dressed a little like uh Slash so should be like, no, this is my look. I mean, obviously, Slash and I are from the same kind of, you know, the same kind of backstory.
4: Now, let me ask you this, though. Would, you, would, would he think I'm making fun
1: of him in that case? Because no. I don't want to piss Slash off. I think that he might think, okay, the guy's copping some of my style. Okay. You know? Yeah.
4: Because I'm going to go in. I have, you've seen my, my, my Slash outfit before. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I feel like I'm very similar to him.
1: You are very similar, only here's the thing. The big trivia question to tell you guys apart is which one of you plays Guitar Hero and then one of you is a Guitar Hero. Right. I play it slash is. Okay, then I would have, I would have missed that. <sighs> I thought he played Shit. it and you were one. I shouldn't have answered that. Um, you shouldn't. And at any point, are you going to hold hands with him and jump around in the fucking circle? <laughs> if he or wants
4: to. I think that was only a Steven Adler type deal, but if he, never met Izzy, if Slash never met Izzy, and of course, here's here's I told you this gimmick off the air once. Mm-hmm. I want to get Slash to sign my guitar hero, and then I'm going to ha- have a documentary called Finding Axel, where Axel will be the last guy. I mean, I need Izzy, but Axel will really be the last important guy. I need. Well, right now you got to call it Finding
1: Izzy and Axel. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh we'll get the show started 866 run 0fez 866 run 0fez. Uh here's an odd one here. Uh Brett Michaels. Of course he's made it to the finals on Apprentice. And we're all like Jesus Christ, we all planned on watching Loss, but you don't want to miss what Brett Michaels looks like. He's doing Oprah tomorrow. So Oprah, as I've pointed out time and time again to the folks around here, She gets the get. If there is a get to get, Oprah gets it. I feel like, I'm sure the NBC folks are like, well, this will be good for our, you know, last apprentice. I feel like it steals the thunder because now I'll watch Oprah, see what Brett looks like. My fear is always is someone a little retarded. You know? Uh, what was that Harrison Ford movie you love? Regarding Henry. No, that was in Indiana Jones, where he was oh. like the retarded kid and he was running around. That hurts. What's wrong? Hey. Uh but don't you think, uh, Davy Mack that this fucking ruins the Apprentice fucking yeah, excitement. Especially because it was going against
4: Lost, and that yeah. was the big thing. Everyone's saying, hey, Lost might lose out the Celebrity Apprentice, and now you don't have the first look. What's the point?
1: Now, I know that they're thinking, well, we'll get a nice push from Oprah, and everybody will want to see if he wins. But quite frankly, we don't care if he wins. Because you can't remember who won the other Celebrity Apprentice. Right. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is, a guy had a brain hemorrhage. You know what he looked like before. Now you can look at him and fucking judge him a little bit. Like, all right, is he Harrison Ford in Star Wars? Are we looking regarding at a guy? Henry. What's that? Regarding Henry. That was the movie where he got he got
4: retarded. Those other movies, he's just a hero, you know.
1: Well, was regarding the Henry the one that he was talking to a big dog and they were driving a spaceship? That was Star Wars. See, I thought that was the retarded one. Um... Let's go over here to uh, Garth. Garth, you're on the uh, Ranafez show. Let's give What's us your uh, Ichiban.
6: Hey, i got a radio psychic for you.
1: Wow, we haven't had one in a while. Radio psychic, radio psychic, radio psychic. Here's the big prediction. What
6: do you got for me? Hey, I forecast that uh, Eastside Day gets kicked out of XM tomorrow for uh, harassing Slash. <sighs>
1: you. Oh, I don't think he can be. Actually, he's an invited guest.
4: Yeah, I'm not going to harass the man. If anything, yeah. I'm just going to weep like a you know like a pathetic fanboy. Well, why would you? If you know you're going to weep, can you weep?
1: It's almost like planning a hiccup to me.
4: I'm trying not to. I'm just tr- I'm I'm putting it out there so that maybe if I talk about it enough, it'll get it'll get I'll the emotion will get out of my system.
1: Slash, of course, uh, for the younger people who don't classic rock as much as Davis. Slash was in a gigantic band that everybody loved called Slash's Snake Pit. And it was one of those bands that if you were of the right age that means rock and roll to you.
4: Well, he, that was a good band, but he was in Guns N' Roses before that, which is a lot larger of a And his first thing
1: is he was in Star Wars, he played Chewbacca? No. No, no, no. That's Peter Mayhew. Well, I would have a lot how of hair. get
4: those two confused. Well, there's a
1: lot of hair. Uh, an incredible amount of hair. And then Peter Mayhew, I think one of his parents is black. I can't deny or confirm that. Well, you're going to have to fucking pick one. You just can't have both. I
4: don't know of all Peter Mayhew's, you know, credentials. Um,
1: it's uh, it will be a fucking interesting thing though this uh, Sunday night with the Last Lost, uh, or what I like to call it, can't live up to the hype. Taking on the, uh, Brett Michaels back from death. And unfortunately we will have all seen Brett Michaels, uh, tomorrow on Oprah, but if not on Oprah, you will have definitely seen him on YouTube somewhere because those things are going to be out everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, eight, six, six run zero Fez, eight, six, six run, zero Fez. Uh, we were talking the other day about how Survivor is done and nobody watches it. The two-hour season finale of Survivor, Heroes v. Villains, was up 3% in total viewers over last year, averaging 13.3 million watchers over the two hours, um, and the top of Sunday night's ratings. So this show still strong after all these uh, seasons.
3: See, I think what happened here is they went to their Rupert well, once again, they had their all star show, I think, without bringing Rupert back and Russell, who's supposedly the ultimate villain
1: did did that bring you back? Did you watch it?
3: I glanced at it, but so it,
1: I don't think that's enough. I think it's still you know i will I will agree that these shows have a tendency to go all right let's you know updates are kind of fun for the viewers, but the fact of the matter is. If people still weren't buying into the show, it wouldn't be number one for the night.
4: Doing better than last year. CBS is certainly a juggernaut, too, though. And, I, mean, I had no idea that they seem to. Yeah, because all those all those CSI shows are very popular, and all and their reality shows. Amazing Race has won every Emmy for a reality show, and Survivor. It just seems like everyone wants to watch that network. Here's
1: our buddy Keith in San Francisco. He's got a question for Eastside Dave.
6: Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah. Hey, Dave. I got a question. What would bring a bigger tear to your eye: your child's first steps, or meeting Axl Rose, or Slash?
4: Uh, meeting Axel or Slash. Over uh, seeing yeah. your children I, walk? I say that without hesitancy at all. I, I did see my daughter take her first steps. Stanley still hasn't taken his. It's his first birthday though right. today.
1: Uh, today's his first birthday? First birthday. a right, quick question for you. Yeah. You get home today, and in your pool, there's two people floating face down. You don't even know how long they've been there. One is Stan, one is Axel. <sighs> oh, my God. I'm not saying you have to do one over the other. Who do you grab first?
4: Well, I mean, I just feel like Axel, you know, he could still sing. And I think Stanley's a little bit unproven. And I don't want to be, you know, shallow, but. Well, it is a deep end of the pool, so don't be shallow. Axel's entertained me for 23 years. Mm Stan, you got a lot of catching up to do. Stan
1: doesn't entertain you at all?
4: Uh, He has, but for what? A year plus yeah. all those hospital visits and stuff, probably you minus about 60 days.
1: It really is sad that he's been in the hospital more than a junkie. <laughs> yeah, not that Axel's a junkie, I'm just saying he's had about nine months. I like to call any rock and roll star a junkie <laughs> and get that Axel out of the way. I
4: like the JD. I don't think Axel was the big, big into Junk, the drugs, junkyard dog. <laughs> Jack Daniels. I thought
1: he was uh, dancing with Mr. Brownstone. He, I think, he wrote that song "Looking at Izzy and Slash." See, that annoys me. Yeah. Write it about yourself, or else, like, all right, you've been dancing. I, but that made me feel like he was a brother. No, I think he liked the uh, the, the drink and the pot, which
4: I know isn't that original.
1: It's a little girly. <laughs> if I'm going to be fucking 100% obvious, we well, had yeah. to keep him
4: shape. You know, he had to stay. I understand,
1: flame. but that you know, just like when you're having a fucking party and a girl goes, "Is there any wine?" You know, and you're like, we're trying to get fucking whacked here. <laughs> Drink some old granddad.
4: Axel had to, you know, he's a dancer. He, he shakes. He moves. He runs up and down the stage. He can't be. I had no idea. He
1: can't be doing the heroin. No. I thought he just sat in a chair, but then I was thinking of Bill Cosby. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw this. Bill Cosby came out and did, his, um, did some stand-up, which I don't even know if you can call that anymore on the Tonight Show, but he takes a chair out. And it's the kind of chair, a folding chair, like you would find in a banquet hall. And he puts it down and he sits, legs spread incredibly uncomfortably wide. And Sister does his material that everybody could. And I'm like, you could just go and sit next to Jay and tell stories. But then I'm thinking he must think Jay is going to interrupt him. Right or
4: yeah, J- and Jay would interrupt him. It seems like it's always about Jay. That's the that's the word on him. Why do, why are do people so hateful with Jay? He's trying to do the best he can. I just heard from a lot of people that it's oh. yeah, it's awful. This guy got he got benched too for this this shit.
1: He kicked the fucking ball away.
4: He can't, but it's not just they kicked it. Then he just trots after it like oh like, I fucked like up. Like he's
1: playing some uh, fucking softball with his buddies. Yeah.
4: That he's an all-star too. Hanley Ramirez from the Florida Marlins got benched yesterday in second inning for just bullshit laziness. Uh, he said there's, he's injured. He's not injured. The fucking guy. The, their, their manager asked him, "Are you injured?" And he goes, "No." And he says, "Well, then, what the fuck was that jog after you kicked the f- baseball?" Yeah, like it's, a, Pele. it's
1: fucking hysterical. <laughs> I look how. Here's what it is, though. And I'm gonna blame the people of Miami. When you're not playing in front of any human beings, you feel like it's practice. <laughs> <laughs> What's the rush? I mean, like, it probably doesn't dawn on him. Anything they do could make ESPN. It just doesn't feel like it would. Well, it's funny. It was such a Little League play that
4: I yeah. saw
7: yesterday.
1: Like, you kicked the ball. Oh, fuck.
4: And you just barely <laughs> go after it. And meanwhile, the funny thing was there was three guys on base. So yeah. just like
1: Little League, they were just running around. Two guys scored. One guy got a triple. There was, uh I remember, like, seeing guys when we were younger and they would error and then throw their gloves. <laughs> like, fuck, deal with your frustration ever. But one of my fucking favorite things somebody hits a fucking gap between center and fucking right field. And you ever remember like with little kids they would actually dive when they didn't need to? <laughs> yeah. Both fielders kind of dove <laughs> at the ball Uh-oh. and then between them were fighting over who gets to throw the ball back? Well, a couple of assholes. Yeah, I mean, you're like nine or whatever at this age, <laughs> nine or ten. Uh, I couldn't help laugh.
4: That was one of the moves. And then if you ever, like, were rounding second, say, you like, you hit a ball in the gap, you were rounding second, you flipped your ha- your your helmet off.
1: Oh, yeah. Because, a- because even though I did, never saw the man actually play, we all had to be Willie Mays. Right. You, know? you wanted to kick it off because it looks like your speed was right. so fucking tremendous. Yeah. Then that also gave you the opportunity to call timeout and slowly go over and get your helmet back later.
4: Yeah. Like, hey, thanks, man. That's what the Bad News Bears got so right. That Kelly Lee, even he, when he hits a home run, he takes his helmet <laughs> off. Because that was like
1: 100% that's what a Lily kid would do. I feel like rewatching that movie right fucking now. It's awesome. All right, so to- talking about um, the new TV season, so uh, shit my dad says. The, this is the Twitter feed mm-hmm. has been picked up by CBS. They will be running it starring uh, William Shatner, uh, but they still haven't figured out the title right now. It's bleep. My dad says Jesus Christ. Twitter is just gigantic. I find it embarrassing that a Twitter feed could become a TV show. I think this is the wave of the future, though. I have to say there's also talk about an animated series with the llama.
4: Oh, my God.
1: Don't take it the wrong way.
4: The person who defeated me at the Shirty Wards getting an animated series.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, let's go over here to Dan in New Jersey. You're on Running Fez. Hey,
6: what's up, guys? Um, I was reading online the other day that the Lost and Celebrity Apprentice finales are actually in danger of being blocked out by a zombie satellite flying in front of the broadcast signal. Uh,
1: there was some kind of crazy talk about that, but if anything happens, that Lost finale... When the hype once again exceeds the product, I'll be so fucking uh, disappointed. Well, it's
4: all about tonight. You know, G-Baby
1: last week said it's
4: an A-, and I take him very, very seriously. G-Baby has never let us down. Let's face it, he's
1: not Paul O. Right. He S- takes this whole thing serious.
4: No, I, and I usually, uh, 90% of the
1: time, I agree with G-Baby, so I, I can't wait for it tonight. A matter of fact, uh, I went and saw something. Uh, The G baby brought up not too long ago, and that's exit through the uh, exit through the what the fuck is the name? Oh, exit through the gift shop.
5: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, It's a Banksy documentary. It's fucking great.
4: Yeah, his doc, uh, his doc critiques are spot on. And mine aren't they are as well. But I mean, he gave me the. How about Hicks? No, fuck off.
1: He gave me the cove and he gave me that. Hold on. Let me just say something. Calm down, Hicks. Why? I don't need you that furious today. Fez is uh, uh, in an OD state where he's sitting quietly, but
3: you're moving a lot, Fez? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: But what's going on? You're all fidgety and weird and... Yeah. It's tough for you to sit in? You want to go have a cigarette?
3: <laughs> Smoke maybe, up. maybe I do. It's like really <laughs> hot in here. I mean, I don't want to have a cigarette, but... Where would you go? Um, I don't know. Why don't you
1: booze? There is an alcohol... It Whatever down. it is, he's scratching, he's pulling at himself, he's very, very uh, agitated over there. If he has, like, a nice drink, maybe he'll relax a little. i a screwdriver. Uh, Justin, California, you're on Hey,
7: Ronnie, I got a question for you. Uh, speaking of this year's new TV show lineup, I see that Fox is rolling out a drama called Lone Star. Uh, it's supposed to be about big oil in Texas, modern era. I guess my question to you is, is do you think, that they can do a show like that, that something so specific, unlike a cop show or a lawyer show or something like that, so specific as oil, and it's not just J.R. Ewing circa 2010. You know what I mean? Yeah, I
1: mean, the thing is, like, with any uh, TV show or movie, you know, the premise can sound fucking awful, and it can be great, and just the opposite. How many times have we heard of a premise, you're like, I can't wait to see this, uh, and then they don't do it well. You yeah. would have never bought into Lost if you would have heard the fucking... What you were actually buying in on. They sold that show as a bunch of people crash on an island that suddenly becomes mysterious and they can't reach the outside world.
4: In fact, I thought Lost, because it came like a couple of years after Survivor, I thought, oh, this is so transparent. And and, you and, yeah, you know
1: that... what? I forgot that even critics were saying that
4: early yeah. on, like, they're doing Survivor, but exactly. with actors. And then you just did, of course, blew it out of the water. And the flash-forward premise was, I thought, brilliant, but I couldn't get into the show after four episodes.
1: It's like, fuck Do this. Why bring that up, Dave, when you know what just happened to me? You know I gave it the whole fucking season, and then they yanked the carpet out. I apologize. You. They yanked the carpet. Right now, I got a hardwood floor. That's what I'm fucking dealing with. An old-fashioned hardwood floor that somebody had painted gray. Oh. And not only did they paint it gray, it's sticky. When you're walking across it, you can feel your shoes sticking a little bit. It's just downright creepy, though. Yeah. I'd use a racist term, but I can't. Okay. Uh, Woody Allen said that Roman Polanski was embarrassed about the whole thing. Uh, of course, uh, about coming back and serving his jail time. But he suffered and has paid his dues. He said that Roman Polanski is an artist and a nice person who did something wrong, and he paid for it.
4: Yeah, I agree with Woody. Good for Woody for coming out and, and, and standing by one of your peers. The guy's been exiled in Europe for three for decades. He has not been exiled in Europe. Exile
1: would be us throwing him out. He's welcomed here in a jail cell like he pled guilty to and then he ran off on. But that's what I meant. But that's not exile. That's being on the run. You know, the guys in fucking Hole in the Wall weren't exiled. But he
3: hasn't paid any dues. He hasn't spent any time in jail over this.
1: Well, I, I think the dues part is his entire life changed. His art changed. Here's a guy who won an Oscar but can't be part of the Hollywood community. Right. It's not like he has had a, uh, like he's gotten away with it, but he's had to hide and he got caught. Well, it was a travesty uh, of justice. I mean, you know, it was a sham. At the same time, though, it doesn't matter what anybody's fucking opinions are. He signed off on this fucking thing and now he's stuck with it.
4: He signed There's, off, but the judge then changed it, right?
1: Um, No. That's what Plansky's stayed all these years, and Plansky's lawyer and Pla- here's the thing: he said "I'm fucking guilty. he gets the fucking thing, which would have been done, yeah, many, many years ago, and he could have been in fucking Hollywood and he could have done everything that he wanted to do, and he took off on it. You don't get to uh to fucking run out on this stuff. Uh, Paul' manifest.
6: Uh, back to uh, Fez's problem today. I, I agree with Dave. He should have a drink. That was
7: uh, maybe get a, a helpless intern in there with him. Have a drink with him.
1: Be nice, Paul. Okay, the guy's fidgety today. You're veg- very fidgety, and you think you're thinking about taking up smoking.
3: <laughs> no, I was just—I was thinking of you have
1: darting eyes.
3: Oh, so yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's just I'm very dizzy. I got a bad headache. It's hot just, as hell in here. Just
1: from one extra thing.
3: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because it's, it's done something to me. I feel like uh, my throat hurts and everything. Mm. Are you taking ecstasy? Um, if
1: he was, we'd all been hugged. <laughs> oh, I see uh, Miss Kathleen from the Bronx has seen Exit through the gift shop and enjoyed it very much. Okay. Interesting.
2: They show is... Banksy's face in that?
1: <sighs> the short answer is no. Fuck. but I kind of feel like we get to see Banksy's ass because he's fucking making fun of us again I don't think there is anyone honestly honestly I don't think there's a human being out there called Mr. Brainwash I think we're just being made fun of with it um, let's all work on keeping our meds straight let's make it that kind of a show Okay, Street yeah. Med show. I've put my Valtrex after the show. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You still have to take it after all these years? It'll never go away for you? I
4: mean, I haven't had any flare-ups in a long, long time. So you time. have to take it to keep the flare-ups from, from happening? Yeah. I, I didn't mean, know that. I, I just do it because I feel like, well, why not? If it's working, it's working. Why go off it? And who knows, you know? If I met Slash tomorrow and I was off it, I'd have a flare-up. I really would. Because the emotion? Excitement. You got it, Mr. B. Not Rister B.
1: <laughs> call me Rister B. <laughs> you know what? Why don't you do this? Why don't you become my Chinese butler and you can start to call me Rister B? No, Rister B. 866 um, runs 0 Fez. 866 runs 0 Fez. Joe, Cleveland, you're on Fez.
6: Hey, yeah, Fez is dead wrong. Roman Plansky did serve some
8: time in prison. It, what happened was, was the judge uh, uh, sends him to like three months. He got out, he did his three months, he, he he was outside, and but the judge didn't feel he was sorry enough, so he, he reneged on the plea agreement and sent him back in. And when, when Roman Plansky found out that he reneged on the agreement, that's when uh, he left the country. He
6: already did his time. Well, You're dead wrong, Fez.
1: I, I will definitely say this. Uh, I don't know the case that well. But I don't think it really does good for other, you know, for fucking Woody to talk about it. I don't think it necessarily does... Bad, except for the fact that brings attention of, look, other rich fucking guys, other guys who've been known to do whatever they want with uh, young people. I don't think it helps them. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, at least he's getting support from
1: somewhere is my the, my take on it. Yeah, got yeah, to be happy where you're getting fucking support from. You know, fucking Mike Tyson doesn't want to get support from O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. He'll just look bad. Billy, Georgia, Ron
6: Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Um, I was just wondering if it would be possible, Could we get uh, a twido up on two or two friends of Fez? I'd like to get a visual of what's going on over there.
1: He's just a little uh, agitated today, a little uh, darty-eyed, a little shaky. I'd say not much of a difference between today and yesterday. Um,
4: the only difference was he told us yesterday, today, he was at least honest, and he said, yes, I'm a little bit messed up today, guys. And yesterday, he seemed fine before the show. Today, he did acknowledge, I'm fucked up a little. What did you guys say to him when he said that? We said, okay. Interesting. We we said, we we got your back, is what we said. I said, it's going to
1: work out. It's going to be okay. You guys have had his back today. Yeah. But I will tell you this. I don't think it will work out.
4: Oh, shit. Well, we, that's 50%, oh. though. That's 50.
1: Okay. Uh, Davey Mack, here's a big question for you. Well, it's not a question. First of all, I want you to understand something. Are you familiar with Elizabeth Hurley and Hugh Grant? I am certainly, ex- uh, yeah. They were the big it couple for a long time, and then I guess he um... he had the, the Divine Brown. Well, yeah, he had the Divine Brown situation. Hunker. I'm going over this right now. Uh, that brought some heat down mm-hmm. on them. Uh, they kind of broke up, she got married, she's got a kid. She says, you, Grant, is her best friend. Right. Keeps a bedroom at the house for him. Mm -hmm. Grant and the husband get along great, and sometimes he accompanies them on family vacations. Now, my point is this. If her husband can be this cool, Why are you such a jealous prick?
4: Well, I'm going to tell you exactly why. Um, Because Hugh Grant is not looking at Elizabeth Hurley as a friend. He's going to try and snake back into her romantically. And this husband of of theirs is a sap. And I cannot believe that, you know. Perhaps
1: he's not a sap. Perhaps he's a cuckold.
4: He might be. And Elizabeth Hurley, she doesn't understand what's going on in Hugh Grant's mind. She doesn't realize that Hugh Grant will have sex with her at the drop of a hat. Maybe the husband's away on a business trip or something. And there's Hugh Grant staying in the next room who wouldn't have sex with him. I might. That's the point. That's how good looking that guy is. So there's, there's, uh, a, it's, it's absolutely the wrong move to
1: make. Move on, Hurley. Maybe she doesn't want to move on. This is her best friend. That's why. She doesn't want to move her best friend, Hugh Grant. Uh, where are you on this one? Because you're a lot less jealous, Six.
2: Yeah, but even this is a bit far. you going on vacations. Extra yeah. Going on vacations.
1: vacations is more yeah. like it. Sucking and fucking. But this always gets back to my point, too, of everyone is confused when they think a marriage is just one thing. They're, you know, that's why you get into this, well, a marriage is supposed to be... You don't know what everybody's fucking thing is, no mm-hmm. matter what the legal ramifications, the social ramifications are up to each person. You don't know.
4: But you know what? He, the guy's an ex, and it just seems like this is badness waiting to happen. I'm predicting
1: it right now. At the same time, if the husband says, I want to keep you apart from your best friend, how's that going to get him to keep that check? How can you say to somebody? You say, I'm
5: uncomfortable with I'm,
1: you. I know, but if and suppose they give in to you. If you keep somebody apart from something they love, how are they not going to grow to resent you? Because you you say, listen, I
4: love you, I care about you, but this is crazy. I mean, you don't see me with my
1: ex-wife or girlfriend here. What if they said that's okay? That wouldn't bother me.
4: Then we're not having a real relationship. So here. your way of fixing this would be to break it off completely. I would say that if she didn't want to do that, then
1: yeah, break it off. Uh, you know, I was. Now I, here's I, the interesting re- thing: you Grant hasn't broke it off with her, even though she's decided I want to be close to you, but not sexually. You Grant is like, whatever it takes. But that's. Wouldn't hmm. that be the one thing that you'd be afraid of? You would now force her back into you Grant. Yeah, but that—that's why Hugh Grant's staying close. He's just playing the game. You—you've already admitted friend. that Hugh Grant doesn't need to play the game. That Hugh Grant could just about have any fucking woman oh, sure. that he wants. Oh sure, but so you know. why would he be lying in the next bedroom without anybody if he really wanted her? Well, because that's his prize. There are sometimes—I mean, yes, he could get any
4: you know any woman he wants to play it, but that's his prize. Elizabeth Hurley
1: is. <sighs> Are you, you're, believing, you're agreeing with his craziness over here?
2: I'm leaning towards Dave because it's just too fucking weird. But wait,
1: let's just fucking imagine this. You honestly think you Hurley is laying in bed at night staring at the ceiling thinking about who's in the next bedroom over? That doesn't make sense. Maybe they're just buddies and all you're doing is fucking something up by trying to fucking... Make up these crazy, as I'm now calling them, Dave rules. Well, listen, I know for a fact,
4: when people, when men and women are friends after they've had sex and they were a couple and they remained friends, there's a drinking night. There's a, hey, I'm lonely. That there's still happens. happens. And that keeps happening. And I know it. And I've, I, I did research about it. And that's why I said I don't want you friends with any of your ex-fucking boyfriends.
1: Is it one of those things, though... Uh, that can work for some people and not other people. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting the fact people. that it. Well, you mean that anybody who's stronger than you was incredibly strong? Because no, I, I find that hard to believe. No, I
4: mean ridiculously strong people. I mean Zeus. <laughs> I mean physically. I mean that. They and have I'm some, that tiny Zeus Lester. They have some kind of almost. Um, you know, ultimate fighting discipline when it comes to their fucking sex drive Mm -hmm. that they can just say, you know what? We're just platonic. Those people, I give them all the credit in the world, but they're
1: three to four percent. All right. Hold on. Let's get this straight. Then if Westside started to stay at your house, right? Yeah. In the spare bedroom. And your wife and kids went out to dinner one night. You would you would be with Westside? Was I drinking? No, you weren't drinking.
4: No, I wouldn't. But if I was drinking, who knows what could happen. You so know? with some drinks,
1: you no. <laughs> could... You probably had a lot of trouble here. No, I, I, I'm just trying to figure out because... Uh, I'm saying that most men in that position... No, I'm not, sa- I'm not asking about most men. I'm saying you. If your wife and kids were out for the night, and one side was there, and you had a few pops, you would sexually be with her. It could happen. It could Then why do you put your family in a situation where you're having drinks if you can't fucking trust your own judgment? Well, no, that's not the point. The point is is. I wouldn't hang out with her. I would not hang out. I don't. So uh, under normal circumstances, you have the strength. If you're sober, it's never going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. And if you're drinking, it may happen. Sure, it may happen. But I'm not
4: going to feel any ill will. Here. Towards her, I'm just you're no, not one's my saying, you no, no one's saying. No one saying will. And that, that guy who po- starts with Jay he doesn't. And no one, just everyone starts with Javes. Life. You know who the guy is. Come I on, say it. I don't like saying the name. Say the name. No, I'd rather think. Say of the slash.
1: name. Say the name, or we can't walk. Jonathan. Uh, and what about him?
4: He can disappear and start his new alternate reality, and she can go over and be it's with lost. fucking chefs on their alternate reality, <laughs> and everyone can be a restaurateur and a hostess. But Davey Mack ain't playing that game.
1: All right, Davey Mack lays it down. Here's Mike in Kentucky. You're on a Fez.
8: Hey, um, Dave, I think you're crazy, because what's the difference between those guys and, say, Demi, Ashton, and Bruce Willis, you know, hanging out together all the time?
7: I mean, it's not like Bruce is always trying to bang Demi.
4: I am telling you for a fact, Bruce Willis is plotting something. He just married a beautiful girl. He might not be plotting to... About Ashton's age. He might not even be plotting to fuck Demi one more time, but he is staying close just to get them in trouble somehow. Maybe he's just whispering in your ear, hey, you know, I saw Ashton on that uh, that, uh, camera
1: commercial, and he was flirting with the models between set takes. But why wouldn't he just be trying to keep together as a family... Even though they didn't want to be together 100 percent, it's that doesn't happen. It does happen.
4: You know, if 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 this is like that's like the Montagues and Capulets all sitting down together and saying, "Hey, we're cool now. Fuck everything else. We're we're all cool." That's just not bad blood runs through families. So
3: there's. but wouldn't you want a situation where, let's say, your wife was going to be, be stay friends with her best friend anyway. This way, with the Hurleys, you can keep an eye on it instead of her going off to meet him behind your back. Well, that's not
1: love. That's keeping an eye on it. That's, that's I agree with that. That's suspicion. The keeping The keeping the eye on a thing is no way to live. No way. That's you not friendship. You, if this thing doesn't work, as it's said by all the people involved then it's fucking wrong.
4: Right. And that's exactly the way I would act. The way right. Fed was talking. I would right. be
1: keeping an eye. And that's not actual uh, affection. No, you're you're 100% right with that. Oh, but my it's, God. But it also doesn't appear to be 100% affection of your way of saying uh, you can't see anybody again. They're in an alternate reality, as you said. I don't now. want them to be in my reality anymore. Um. So that's just completely gone. Dean, you're on run Dean.
6: Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah. Oh, my question is, who's to say that Hugh Grant and Liz Hurley aren't having sex? And even if they are, what's the big fucking deal?
1: There's a lot of truth to that, too. Whatever is cool with these people, yeah, these not... adults... I'm all for that. It's nobody else's fucking thing.
4: I'm all for that. If that's their thing, that's their thing. But I don't want... But that's a totally different scenario than Elizabeth Hurley saying, hey, we're not having sex, but you know, uh, I'm very cool with him, and he's staying in my house. Because that's not what's going on in Hugh Grant's head. He's thinking, I can't wait to fuck around and and, and get either one of them in trouble. Who's either one? Maybe he's having sex with the husband. Like, I don't know. Though he's very British, they're very dainty over there.
1: All right, so here... It goes back to this thing that always interests me about a long-term relationship, which is like one of the craziest things that we ever do. We take for fucking granted that I'm going to be with somebody over massive amounts of time. Uh And I'm not even talking about getting married, which is weird enough, but even the we're boyfriend and girlfriend, and then years have passed. You look at two things that could go wrong, that your chick changes – Incredibly. Yeah. And then you have to adapt to it. And then the other thing that can go terribly wrong is she doesn't change at all. So you've got – she changes? Yeah. Awful. She doesn't change? Awful. So basically there's uh, 50-50. Something is going to happen that will fairly seem odd to you. Right. Which is a scarier proposition. The scarier proposition is if uh, she changes. She changes is and, scarier and, than not changing? And
4: I remain the same you know, uh, because I feel like in a way that, that you know, could happen, that's a
1: possibility. Twitchels, I'm going to ask you the same thing. What seems scarier, <laughs> she changes or she doesn't change?
3: Uh, that she changes. Changes
1: is the biggest scare for that,
3: you. That's the biggest thing because then it's new interests, it's new friends, it's new chances for that person to move on from you. It's all kinds of new opportunities So to, to to just see that she doesn't want to be with you.
1: So you're back to the other thing. You're just keeping an eye on her more than anything else. What was that phrase that he used? This is your chance to... Yeah, to keep an eye. Keep yeah, an eye on basically it. Basically keep an eye on Suspe- it. Suspicious. Says... Uh, through his twitching, seems himself as a rancher. <laughs> I'll go so, so far to say John Chisholm. <laughs> Chisholm! Uh, so basically, he's keeping an eye on things. I'll open this up to um, to you, the listener. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We're talking about the things that kind of freak men out here. Uh, Dave has been completely honest over his Elizabeth Hurley situation. He could not be Mister Elizabeth Hurley. Mm-mm, no, the, the pain would be too much. For Absolutely, you. you'd rather get divorced and get it over. Yeah,
4: with. I'd be climbing
1: up the walls. Oh, forget divorce. Yeah, I'd be. De- everyone would be dead. But the problems men face are, and it, it happens to every single person. Do you want her to change, and be like what Fez mm-hmm. is afraid of? This brings up new opportunities for her life, or be that same person, which lets admit, is going to run into a rut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when you become the guy of, I don't even want to go home. Right. You know, I don't want to go back there and hear the same shit again. Well, but I mean, if, if she was
5: cool,
4: you know, and then she changes into someone who becomes a little bit more conservative and less fun, that that's, you know, I mean.
1: That's what happens when you have kids. That's what I'm saying. It's scary. Yeah. But I mean, that does happen I know with women. It, it does happen. You, but there's, but at there's the same, degrees right, of but, acceptability. Right. But at the same time, do you want to see the 40 year old woman who's doing body shots? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. No. You don't want to see that. That
5: would be. Yeah. We,
1: yeah Why not? We're raising the roof. That's a fucking. Yeah. And that person hasn't changed. And then when you go over to her right. and you're like, honey, you're acting like. She's like, what happened to you, Red? Yeah, I know. I remember been... the old college days. Uh, I know.
4: I do remember them, but you know, I'm 40 now. Fag. <laughs> have a <Jesus>
1: mortgage.
4: Just screaming. <laughs> right. Um, I have a couple ants like that. We we do kind of like make fun of It is a fucking
1: back. problem. It's an absolute fucking problem. Um, eight six six runs fez. Eight six six runs fez. Here's Mike in Chicago. You're a manifest. Go ahead. What do you got for us? It's
0: the little blue beer ball. I'm growing again, Fez. All I'm right. Just
1: boring. stop
7: it. 866
1: six, run zero, Fez. 866 six, run zero, Fez. Remember when Fez causes yeah. anxiety, a blue ball, I do. fucking token, tension, or whatever? It shrinks, or is it supposed to get bigger? It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, here's John in Washington. You're on run of Fez.
5: Yeah, yeah. I.
6: I heard you guys talking about uh, change and you know, I was in the Marines for nine years and I I left for three years to go to Iraq and this whole time, you know, I'm paying for my wife's college and and uh, totally paid for everything. She got her, her bachelor's and I come back from Iraq and uh, she's got all new friends and all of a sudden now I'm just I'm not as good as this fucking 23 year old fucking silver spoon motherfucker. And, uh, basically lost my family because I allowed her to change and I didn't change. I was gone. And.
1: Well, uh, what makes you think that you allowed her to change? I mean, people change.
5: Well, you know, give them the opportunity. Mm. Like what
6: I shouldn't have done is I shouldn't have paid for fucking college, first of all.
1: You screwed up by getting her uh, an education.
6: Well, I think by what happening is is by just by stature, just by social stature. Mm. You know, here you know, I am a military guy
5: and my 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 interest
6: was the military and
1: it's the movie Coming Home. Did you ever see that from the eighties? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's the movie Coming Home. Great movie.
6: Uh, we had three kids, and right after, waited till after she finished, got her bachelor's, got a job at a good financial company. I bought a home. Uh, I had a great, I had a good job. It was a, it wasn't a college job or anything, but. Fucking just opened, just fucking went bananas, dude. Our friends came around, they were all fucking hoity-toity, and I'm just a hardcore, hard-working middle-class guy, kind of fucked up, just trying to get back to the realm of this world. And uh change is bad, it's it's good, but it just sucks when you're the one who's catching up.
1: All right, thanks, John. Take care of yourself, all right, buddy? Yeah, yeah thanks, Ron. All right, I'm see All right, see 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. So, uh, basically, sometimes, uh, like you said, he, the, the woman got opened up to new things. He wasn't. He was staying himself, and all of a sudden, they found themselves far away from each other. Now, you hear about that. The guy's a vet. He comes back. He's oh. got kids. It's always a sad story. Yeah, that. And you can hear that he's not, you know... 100% back from this thing right now.
3: My brother-in-law, uh, my first brother-in-law always claimed the same thing. He should have never paid for my sister's college.
1: Well, it was TV repair school, but yeah, I guess it's the same thing. Um, he didn't know how to fit in around the other fucking people. He didn't understand what was in the back of that TV. Uh, Matt, you're on the run and Fez show.
6: Hey, what's up, guys? I think it's kind of like a, and you have to be in relation to the person you're with, like, hot, hotness-wise. Like, if you're,
7: like, a 7 and you're dating, like, a 9, then you're going to act, like, a lot more paranoid, thinking maybe this girl's going to find another 8 or a 9.
1: You and- know, but that maybe. fucking 7 and 9 and 8 shit only works during the early dating times. It doesn't fucking matter after that. You know, you all of a sudden you see guys. All the, uh, the, how many guys have we known? that when they're dating the girl, they're like, I can't believe I'm with this fucking unbelievably hot chick. And then, you know, they've been married a couple years. You go, oh, your wife is hot. You fucker. You know what I mean? (laughs) His fucking thing of I'm lucky doesn't last that long. After a while, it just becomes the norm. Right. Uh, But to go back to what Fez said about his brother-in-law, what would be the other point? That this person you live with and that you supposedly love, you want to keep stupid? You know, the only fucking thing that then that you would like about her at all is the way she treats you. You would not care about any other fucking pleasure in her life. Yeah. Just, are you getting hot food or whatever these fucking things. Um, here's Mike in North Dakota. You're on my face.
6: Hi, I... I agree with Dave. Uh, I'm dating a girl, just got divorced, and she thinks we need to get along with her ex-husband. For, the, And, uh, no, I it's just bad. He's Is there, there kids? Yeah, we. she has two kids with him.
1: Then how can you not get along?
6: Oh, because, we yeah, we can get along for kids' sake, but we're not going to go to family barbecues and stuff like that and bring him with us.
1: Why not, it's, if the kids are going to be
5: there?
6: Well, uh, because it's just... I'm in the kids' life, and when when he has the kids, that's his time. When it's me and her and the kids, that's our time. We don't need to bring him
1: And when is it the kids' time?
6: Well, he he gets the kids every other weekend.
1: When is it the kids' time? When can the kids say, I've got these adults in my family, they might not get along with each other, but they love me so fucking much that they want everything to be cool? I think those kids will pick up on that. Hmm. And that whole, it's his time and their time, is the whole fucking reason people should really look into this having kids thing because it's too fucking hard Mm -hmm. if that's the game that you're playing. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Brian in Kentucky.
6: Hey, Ron, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to call. I just think it's uh, uh, more about what's important to you. Um, You know, if you work on building a life together – and, you know, sometimes this looks is like the only thing that you're into, then you're not going to have successful relationships long-term. Um, but if you've got a good compromise of everything,
7: um, you know, my wife and I, we've met in high school, some before my senior year, some before her junior year, and uh, we dated off and on through high school, through college. So
1: it's about compromise?
7: Yeah, I think it's about compromise. You just got to do oh,
1: it. Boy, you know, that America sounds like the it. worst, doesn't it? Yes, it does. the word compromise.
4: Then, then no one's happy. You know, I mean, it, it's it, it. So then you have to go out to her chick flick, and she's got you know. Then... But
1: imagine too, like if you were a little kid and you heard I'm, when you uh, I want to grow up and compromise. <laughs> Could you imagine like if your kid said that? To you, yeah. I really, I want to compromise I in mean, my
4: life. There's a couple ways of compromise. Just don't do what what you don't want to do. And if you if neither if both of you have that rule, you know, if you if you don't like going to Sex in the City part two, just say, I'm not going, no way in hell. And then she won't go to Iron Man 2 with you. And then you'd be like, but you never go to fucking movies with me ever
1: So now that I think about it, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> no, I I seriously I've never saw one person break up with himself standing in front of me. I just got really irritated. I know and I felt like I should take the kids up to bed. <laughs> So you feel like she never goes to the movies before. Yeah, I feel like that. And it's because you like... just want to see shit movies, and then she wants to see shit movies in the other direction. Right. Do you guys ever think, let's go out and see a good movie?
4: No, that doesn't happen very much. We like a mo- nice multiplex. And she's really into the chick flicks. Well, right? I mean, she likes the sex in the city. Yeah, The she sex does. in the
1: city and the twilight, I mean... Well, that's a good point, yeah. I don't, I don't really, you know, dig that type of thing. Look, I... I spend 90% of my life disagreeing with you, but those are garbage movies. <laughs> those are fucking terrible movies. <laughs> they really are. You know, there are fucking films that maybe appeal to women that you're like, well, I could understand why. That's pretty. No, I Not those fucking I things. understand it totally. Teenage abs.
4: Teenage man abs. You know, I get it. I understand. I like fucking looking at, you know, whatever. Uh kid little girl i mean not little girls but you know right? how little like you know i mean like teenage girls who are of age i like to do the same thing teenage girls who are of age 18 year olds 19 uh, year olds so
1: your real
4: lust is for 18 year olds well i'm saying and physical. physical lust yeah it's, a, it's an attractive quality
1: okay um so is your wife 18 no she's 30 okay so already a problem when it comes <laughs> to that right Already a slight problem. We have a wonderful marriage, by the way. It's our son's
4: first birthday. We're very happy. Didn't
1: say you did. I'm just saying what you said was your absolute peak. Um, she's getting further from that every day. So yeah. it's so it just makes it hard. That's all I'm fucking yeah. saying. Right? You're you're you're, you're I mean you're right. somehow that you could uh, find an 18 year old girl, shove her in that Harrison Ford stuff. Remember when they in regarding Henry when they put him in that big. Uh, thing yeah. and froze him, and then took no. him back to the other planet. That's Carbonite. That was Empire Strikes Back.
6: Carbonite.
1: <laughs> um, here's uh, Mike. Here on your
6: Hey, how are you doing there, Mr. Bennington? Yeah. Pleasure, pleasure to talk to you. Hey, I uh, I'm in a situation here where I could really use your advice and your that'd
1: be your... a mistake.
6: <laughs> I I'm I'm uh, divorced three years, and I my my live-in girlfriend absolutely can't refrain from just giving the shit mouth to my ex-wife and i kind of want to be friends with my ex-wife because she really is cool and i have two small kids and she just isn't hearing it so i just wondered how you would handle the situation what I, I, I would
1: have to say it. this particularly since it's a girlfriend you'd have to be able to say look i understand that you're going through this thing but i'm going to have a relationship with my ex-wife forever because of these kids I cannot right. get out of this. this I is, have. And this, but at the same on. time, you have to say to her and to yourself, this is what I fucking have to offer, you know?
6: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: That's all you have. It's just like if the fucking woman wasn't happy that you were seven feet tall, there's not a lot of you could do about it. Right. If you have uh, kids with another woman, and then you want to stay with those kids and then that... That other woman's going to be there, and you guys are going to have to find some fucking way of doing it. And it's almost like your commitment is still stronger to your ex-wife and those kids than it is to any girlfriend who comes along mm. until she learns to be part of that. This, you can't get out of it.
6: Right. The whole deal is, though, if I try to do that, and I have tried to do that, she says, there you go taking her side. Why are you taking that cunt side over me? You never take
5: my side on this.
1: You just have to let her know that it's almost like if she went against... Your mother or something. Now, you can't, you can't let her feel fucking jealous. Obviously, this is all fucking jealousy stuff. She's right, feeling. and I'm
6: sure it's self esteem issues on her. Right, even, but, right. but
1: you got to make her, her feel feelings. secure with it. But you can't get out of this. If you had an ex-wife and there's no kids, then I agree with Dave. You'd take a walk away from each other. If you have kids, you're going to have to find some fucking reasonability of, I'm, this is really about my kids.
6: I really appreciate that. Hey, hey, a lot you could do, coffee. but you also
1: have to be able to be up front with this chick about it, you know?
6: Oh, I have, but, I mean, it gets to the point where you end up smacking yourself in the head because you're just running in circles, you
1: know? Why? When you got her there. All right, <laughs> talk to you later. I mean, there's not a fucking... Now, Dave, if you did get divorced, right? Oh.
4: Go ahead. I think of that sometimes. Really? No, I just think, like, not that we have any problems, we we don't, but I think, like, what if that would happen, and I'm telling you it always ends with a rifle shot? Uh, Just one bullet? Just
1: one. Okay, good. One for Daddy Mac. All right. So you will kill yourself with a rifle, not even a handgun? No, a rifle. Be one of those guys who puts his toe up there, one of those fucking
4: idiots? I thought about this long and hard. It's always a rifle whenever I fantasize this scenario. I've
1: seen your big toe. You're not going to be able to get that around a trigger. <laughs> well, it's like, no, I have long arms, though. You can't. No, you don't have long enough arms to shoot yourself. You shut off shotgun.
4: Well, that's different. I saw things. I'm not into that type of deal. That's too your much. Play face you,
1: Seriously, you don't have the fucking into... time to fucking sit there and saw It's going to take you fucking I... 20 minutes at most. I'm
4: not in the Crips sawing off
1: shotguns. Do guns. me a favor. Be well, one like of the I'm guys, Do When you shoot yourself, do it naked. It's always funnier to me when a guy is found naked. Alright.
4: Yeah, I don't want any stains on some of these duds. That You've got have. your
1: three-year anniversary coming up, right? Heck, yes. I want to do a a look back, and I actually uh, I was talking to uh, our boss about this, because he didn't know us then, doesn't know all the details. And I want to do some updates. Do we have something to... Dave can go back and interview his family. and
2: Yeah, we have a mobile recorder.
1: I want to make a, a full four-hour show where we're playing the old stuff, and then we're doing the updates with everybody that was there, you know, the band, um, Donnie, who performed. That was her first ceremony. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk to some of the guys that were playing match game. Some of uh, the lovely ladies. Mm-hmm. That were with us that day? Okay. Three years. In some ways, it seems like not so long ago, and in other ways, it feels like that was 30 years ago. Yes, I agree. I concur with that. So what's the date of your... It's uh, June 21st. All right. I would like to do that on June 21st. I know that's not giving us a lot of time for a full, prepared thing like that. And I'm going to put on top of this, running this thing, Twitchels. Twitchels you're going to executive produce
3: this. Okay, I will do that.
1: I'm going to give you uh, big story ideas. I'm going to do all the broad strokes, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going away and let you color it in and shade to make it look three-dimensional. Let's go to Chrissy. She's an ER nurse. Go ahead, Chrissy.
6: Hello. I just wanted to call in and give Dave a little bit of advice coming from an ER nurse and knowing um, his luck. Dave, dude, you got to shoot You gotta shoot it at the back of the head. Don't put it in your mouth. Knowing you, you'll just blow your nose
5: off. Well, all
1: right, good idea. Shoot yourself in the back of the head. With a rifle?
4: I mm-hmm. mean, I'm not plastic, man. I can't possibly put my arms back there. No, I'm going to put the rifle right up to my temple. I feel like that's much more of a romantic way to go out. Back of the head. It's like I'm a fucking gangster. That's right. Old school G. Mm-mm. That doesn't feel right. I've never
1: even heard of someone doing that before. Going to the back of the head? I have heard of people blowing their face off, particularly people that shoot from underneath. And they're doing that gimmick of, I'm going to put the gun up here. Yeah. They just blow the front of their face off, and then they live. And then, you know, they're finding themselves trying to learn how to talk again. And you're like, I already just said life was too hard. <laughs> now you've made it harder, and I got to do shit? Fuck this. <laughs> you know, then they want you to come around and speak at schools. I made a real mistake. <laughs> I now know it's not wrong to ask for help. <laughs> um, here is uh, David, California, your MFs.
6: Yeah, uh, Dave, you never noticed that redhead never ask for divorces because uh, if they ask for divorce, divorce, uh, they'll never get married again because
1: they're redheaded. That's an interesting, Dave. Does that worry you? No, that's just a
4: bullshit fucking rumor that this man's trying to spread.
1: How you feeling over there, Fez? About the same. Really, not getting any better, huh?
3: No, uh-uh.
1: Normally when you uh, take a drug of too much, drink a lot of water. Oh, okay. It's like a caffeine. If you've drank too much coffee, a lot of water into the body. How much have you drank water-wise?
3: I had a cup before the show, and I haven't even touched this one, really. Just a couple sips.
1: Drink eight glasses of water in the next hour.
3: Okay, I'll do that.
1: I don't know if that's right with the next hour. But just really flush yourself out with some... Look, there he goes. He's drinking away. Oh. You know why? Why? Good boy. Oh, it's good. He is a good boy. It's... Well, it's good for him. He has some rough days, but he's a good person. Okay. Uh, Pete, you're on my face.
6: Yeah, hey, Dave, uh, this is more your style. Just um, get a whole brick of firecrackers and tape it around your neck and light it on foot and then light the wick. You'll be fine.
5: Oh,
4: I'm not sure I would die. I would suffer some burns. You'd probably go death. You'll probably bleed out. Don't worry. I want to bleed out. I'm not fucking Mr. Orange, for Christ's
1: sakes. Bill, Delaware, on own Fez.
6: Hey, Dave. Uh, the best way you should do it is just go ahead and put the barrel of the gun right in your mouth
7: and aim toward the top of your head.
4: You know, it's odd that so many people are calling up suggesting can I, this isn't a topic, ladies and gentlemen. But here, can I tell How you? should Dave kill himself?
1: What about Star is Born, this fucker? And no, not the 1970s Star is Born, the one with Judy Garland, the big swim. You take the big swim and don't come back in. What is that? You just swim straight out in the ocean as far as you can go until you're exhausted, and that way you can't make it back I in. I wouldn't mind that.
4: I am a kind of a seafaring type. You know, I always told you I want to be on Deadliest Catch. And I've listened. Dave, I've listened so much.
3: Yeah. I've always uh, thought of the big swim. I always because they always say drowning actually feels comforting when you so go. You,
1: you fantasize about killing yourself a lot. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, yeah. You're in a up. great
1: you're in a great spot because you're on uh, the East River, and hit it on the right tide, and that water will just suck you down. hmm They'll just suck you down because the East River uh, kind of connects the New York Harbor with the Long Island Sound, uh, so. Water just gets sucked through there so hard sometimes that you'll see it, and then of course, underneath it is all these really crazy uh fucking things, so it might be perfect for him, yeah, what if and this is just an if you guys do it together?
4: No, no, I wanna do this this is just by myself. this is my well, kind why can't of thing. you
1: fucking just take Fez along once well. I, I, I
4: don't
3: What percentage
4: yeah.
1: of you wants to kill yourself? I don't want to hear him talk.
3: Oh, I would say maybe 2%. Very tiny. Two percent.
1: What's the highest you've ever been with your suicide dreams?
3: Um, 50-50, I think. You've been at 50%. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Dave, what percent of you wants to kill yourself on a daily basis? On a daily basis, about 20%. All right. Pretty low. Now, where's the highest you've ever been? 88%. All right. So you... Just beating Fez's ass. I mean... It was 88. Again, Fuz, you're in the mm-hmm. shadow of greatness over here. Yeah. Um. Let's go over to Dave in Maryland. You're on Hey,
6: Ronnie. Hey, hey Dave. Yeah. Uh, you, I used to be in the funeral business. My favorite suicide was uh, a retarded kid took a double-barrel shotgun to his forehead, cleaned him out like a big salad bowl.
1: Holy mackerel. This is... Uh, I'm going to tell you something, and uh, I don't mean this in a... In any bad way, I've never heard of a retarded kid killing themselves before. <laughs> I didn't think that they could come up with even the concept. Yeah, well, and what, what are they so upset about? They're retarded. They don't have to well, go to work. Oh, it's the fucking wearing checked pants wherever they go and really bad sneakers. Well,
3: and if I was a mortician, I mean, it would be hard enough to deal with dead people, but I think I would have to, like, turn down some cases, like the salad bowl head that he talked about.
1: It doesn't matter to them. It's not that big a deal. They scoop so fast, you're not even going to believe it. I mean, the best case is gross, mm-hmm. and the worst case is okay.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: They just deal with it. Normally, fix it, you shut the fucking lid, and, and tell the family, oh, we we can't fix this enough to, to open the lid up. Mike, you're first.
6: Why don't you hit with this motherfucker up, put some cyanide in between your teeth, and blow your head off? You'll bite down and blow your head off at the same time.
4: Interesting. Yeah, that was that's kind of a Hitler method. I always respected that about him. Never left anything, you know, undone. Jeremy,
5: Indiana.
7: Yeah, uh, a guy I know, what he did was he overnighted a letter to his
6: wife that was having some trouble with and then went out in the woods and shot him stuck in the heart so he could have an open casket.
1: Um,
4: I like that. You that's know, a Kerry
3: that, Von Erich.
4: I'm definitely going to be sending a very, very spiteful suicide note. I mean, oh my God, this is going to be great reading. TMZ, heads up. Let me just. Fucking,
1: I'm coming after everybody. Just let me know. I'll let you know this. If you say anything bad about me in that note, I'm getting even with your kids and beanie. All right. So don't think I will reach the long arm out. All right. Uh, let's go over here. To, matter of fact, I want a compliment in the middle of all your fucking complaints, or else I get your kids and beating. Uh, Sean, you're in Hey,
7: Ron, why don't we siren series this motherfucker? A loser goes out the window right there where you're at.
1: Well, what I'd rather do rather than have them just jump either from the Empire State Building or any other tall thing is, if you're going to do that, why not make it look like some radio stunt going bad? Right. It would be a lot funnier to have... Like some kind of fucking thing and kind cut of like hey Steve Bladder told me to do this, he yeah. gave me the okay and that way it'll just ring straight up the fucking stairs here.
4: Maybe I get like a little like umbrella, like the coyote, and and
1: pretend like we're gonna have the have the first roadrunner stunt challenge. I would love to do it this way, that you're in the rowboat like Wizard of Oz and you <sighs> act it like your own on the way down. Okay. I could do that, too. Or if you just had a bicycle with, like, just some fucking, like, flares in the back, like, acting like you <laughs> thought he was going to make it. Um, here is uh, Len in Buffalo. You're on a fence.
6: Hello, buddies. Yeah. Hey, we had a, a mortician two years ago here in Buffalo who
9: was uh, cheating on his wife and banging a blackjack dealer at a casino in the falls. And she decided to dump him. So he went to her table, sat in front of her, put a gun to his own chest and shot himself to the heart.
1: And did she, um, just fucking, um, finished? Both
9: ways, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, imagine the ego of I'm going to force this woman to see me die. And the other thing is you're fucking a blackjack dealer and then shocked it's not fucking (laughs) long-term. Um... Here's our good friend Death Metal Mel, number two of the all-time Fez fans.
5: Yeah,
8: I do what I can. Nine one seven zero, second in, gentlemen. Hey, buddy. I uh, just wanted to ask Dave briefly: um, How long have you respected Hitler?
1: You said you have a lot of respect for Hitler. I respected that about
4: him that you know he didn't leave any ties unloosened. You know right. that he he's a guy who just he takes care of business. Ties unloosened.
9: <laughs> you married That's into the Hitler story. Dave, you married into a Jewish family. What the hell's wrong with you? You can't say shit like that.
4: She's not. I mean, she's not practicing Jew. We your don't go kids to are fucking Hitler, synagogue just, every month. No, there's Hitler would come for your kids.
9: <laughs> you think Hitler stopped by and said, "Oh, you're not practicing? Oh, I, okay, you don't have to go in the box car. Come on, dude. Yeah.
4: I could pass my kids off as fucking Aryans.
9: Are you me? The dog, They're they're both blonde. Not as long British as I'm alive. Blonde. You almost had me as a faux fo- sad. Now I. So is
1: Woody Allen. So. Your kids look exactly like Woody Allen. Uh, Well, there goes death metal. They don't
4: have the glasses. They have great vision.
1: Dad, I had a question for you. (laughs) Simple question about the... This is your, your side? Yeah, Hitler's not touching these people. What is this monkey shirt he's wearing? Uh, that's that
4: monkey, Julius the monkey. It's he's all the he's the, the rave.
1: I've seen pictures of him, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know who he is. And he would be the rage, not the rave.
4: Yeah, he's he's like he's very popular in terms of kids. Uh, she's even got him on. You know, the kids love the uh Julius.
1: What's the point of this uh, thing that they're, they're having fun together? Or it's a they...
4: happy birthday video. All right, let's take it from this. There, the, there's, there's a little take it from
1: the monkey singing
4: to him right. with cake candles on his head. <laughs>
1: Uh, there's your kids. It's creepy, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, he's so big now. Yeah. He looks healthy, though. He's good
4: uh, the last uh, week. That was a teddy bear saying that, I think. I don't
1: know how you do it, Dave. I'm already annoyed with the birthday song. I'm I know. Already... That... She just tries to... <laughs> She's not even trying. She's trying to sing. <laughs> She's not. Say, happy birthday. Yeah.
10: Happy Christmas. All
1: right, that's Christmas. Yay!
10: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yeah. Happy Lichiju.
1: Something. Happy Lichiju.
4: Happy birthday, <laughs>
10: Stanley. Of course. Of course. She,
4: she likes to say of course a lot now. Ooh. Everything's of course. So would you like breakfast? Of course.
1: Of course, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Really, Why not? Really funny, though. Oh of course, don't ask such a ridiculous I know, but it's question. Insulting. It's like, oh, a I'm
4: sorry, family. I should have known that you wanted breakfast, Davey Mack. You got a beautiful family. Thank you.
1: Oh, I'm glad I saw that as I'm
4: down there pitching you
1: today. I have something to really going. on. <laughs> yeah,
4: I'm glad I didn't show you the one where Beanie and Pat uh, sing to, "Happy Birthday" to him through the phone, as if he could comprehend what the fuck is going on. No. It's it, it's a goddamn one year old. And they're singing happy
1: birthday through the telephone. These kids could have been born by an April, <laughs> for all they know. Uh, let's go over here to Rick. You're on the Hey, Dick
6: Holder, 941. checking in, buddy. Hey, what do you say? Hey, first off, let me give props to Pepper Hicks on the phone. That, that boy sounds like he's working hard. But, he is. Uh, when I graduated high school about six months after, um, one of the kids that I graduated with who was special needs, had his own personal teacher, assistant, and everything, um, killed himself Uh, shotgun to the head because he was so stressed out that he wouldn't be able to make friends anymore now that he was out of school. Well, uh, you know,
1: he's right. He'd end up just working in a matchstick factory for the rest of his life or sitting with a bunch of fucking newspapers on his lap outside the (laughs) A&P. You know, basically having the same job as a box What this. Great. I might as well shoot myself in the fucking forehead. (laughs) Um. Let's go over here uh, to. Uh, let's go to Randy. Randy here, man. First.
6: Hey, uh, Dave, and you do like one of my buddies did. He walked in with his wife, and she was in bed with her boyfriend. He took a big old Magnum, put it to his forehead, and told him, "You guys did this to me," and pulled the trigger and just blowed his head all over the place. And,
1: and they went back just, to fucking.
6: Oh no! It just that girl wasn't right ever again. Dave, you're a horrible parent to say all the bad stuff you do about your kids. I don't
1: say that. What are you
4: talking you say all about? All
6: kind of bad stuff about no, your I don't. Kids. Name one. You said you you said you'd rather let your son drown than a than a dope headed rock star. Y'all be well, uh, He's yeah. right,
4: Randy's right choice. about that. There was Nazis. Oh, I hear you. You're I hear selfish. You
6: that all the time, and you make me want to drive
3: to New York and choke shit out of <laughs> Bring it on, <laughs> bring it, it on. on. I'm right I here. You, I'm right here. I'll be there in a couple of hours. Okay, Sixth Avenue of the Americas. I'm going to hey, be inside. Hey, Randy,
1: outside. if I oh, see no, it, sir. I'll leg sweep him as you're running towards him, so he'll already be down. Bring it. All this right, is, take care.
4: I mean, it, it was a selfish. Dude.
1: Why can't you let the listener have his own opinion? Bring Why it. Why you going to fight with him? Bring it, Randy. I'm waiting. Stop it. Who are you to say such a crazy thing? <laughs> I'm shocking, Jock. Yeah, you don't need listeners. that. He's not coming here anyway. <laughs> Uh, here's Joker in Louisiana. You're in Fez.
6: Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Dave. I I got the solution for you. And uh, since Randy just called, let me help him out a little bit. Uh, Dave, I'm gonna give you a phone number off air, and you go ahead and make a call to me. And within 72 hours, I'll make sure that the bullet's put through the back of your head.
1: Okay. So you're you're you threatening to shoot me? Well, he's saying that you, no, no. if you want it, he'll kill you. Just
6: just a service I offered.
4: All right. um, uh, Yeah, I'll I'll take your number and give it over to the
3: cops. Then you have the 72 hours to wonder about when it's coming.
1: What if I get the call to take him out? That's fine. Someone's going to jail. Here's your old friend Elizabeth in Philly. Hey, Elizabeth.
6: Hey Ronnie, hey Fezzy. Um Why don't we make a bit out of it, and we'll have a bunch of listeners come down, and we'll all beat Dave to death. Because there'd that be, way, like, nobody
4: th- can like four get, listeners. on them. Because the uh, pro Dave people would, would fucking squash you fucking whores and uh, fat truckers oh. in a heartbeat. Oh
1: Jesus, would you stop it? The uh, f- pro would Dave you? people far
4: outnumber. This isn't two thousand and seven, would- L- Elizabeth. Time's moved on. So where do you think you are right now? I'm much more popular than she thinks, but, you know, she's of the whack bag contingency.
1: There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Dave stinks. He stinks. What do you think it turned around for you, Dave? I don't know. No, I don't know what turned around. This, this nice I just know
4: that's a very dated thing. The, 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 I hate. Dave so much.
1: Why do you use the same voice no matter what the character is? It doesn't matter. Really? Mm. Alright, why don't we take a break here? We'll be right back. Run and Fez Show.
0: Ron Bennington. Fez Wadley. The Ron and Fez Show. <laughs> Series 197 XM202. A virus.
2: Can I kiss you? God, Please, I don't... Can I kiss you on the mouth? No! Please, let me... I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to grab you like that or scare you or right? anything. sorry. Do you want to kiss me or? Scotty! No? What's no, I me? forget it. I'm,
5: just, I'm really strong. Think you're a man, you are only a boy. Think you're a man, you are only a boy. You think you're a man,
10: but you just couldn't see. You aren't man enough to say.
1: It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Chris Stanley. Um, I was just looking over on 202 Friends and the Ronnie B quotes uh, on Twitter, now up to 3,000. So thank you to all the guys over there at Ronnie B quotes, including, yes, Lady Trucker. Oh, I know his name was on there every once in a while. Uh, okay, uh, Fez Watley, you feel like you're back in the game? You had some water?
3: Yeah, I had some water. had I a, lot like... of water, a lot of water. What's that? I had a lot of water. Good boy, right? Who's a good boy? I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Alexander is trying to pull something here with this Jenny Craig diet that he's on. You're not falling for it? I am not falling for it one bit, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's claiming he lost 30 pounds on Jenny Craig. There is barely a difference in the before and after photos. Where uh, basically the only difference is he's in a tighter shirt and he has tried to sway his hips a little bit in one direction to, I believe, pull off a skinnier pose. There is no way he lost 30 pounds here. I
1: I have not seen it, to
3: be honest with you. Here's the... I got the... Oh, no, I can't find it. I'm sorry. What's wrong? I thought I had it sitting right there, and I didn't. You have a Gristini's bag over there? Well, I I had the... um, It was raining, so I wrapped up my stuff. And I I had the before and after photos.
1: uh, Higgs, remember when the deal was we were going to let him hoard a bunch of paper... Yeah, but he brings in his own, though. Yeah, but I want you to see just how much he has there. And now in a big laundry bag.
2: I've been thinking about... He should invest in a briefcase. I don't know why Fez should be carrying around a Gristetti's bag. I didn't know that uh, the briefcase still existed. Fez should bring it back. I occasionally
1: <laughs> see guys with it. The old uh, hard briefcase. Hell yeah. Yes, I'm here to sell my wares. Falling down style. Mm-hmm. All right, eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. So I think we have a right, we're back.
3: We have what? I I think we have another Jared from Subway on our hands. Where Jared may have lost some weight, then started wearing bigger shirts, hiding behind counters and tables. This is what Costanza is trying to pull off on us now. He is pulling a George Costanza where he's trying to convince us he's lost 30 pounds, and it's nowhere near it. Mm. He's five feet tall. We would have seen, we would have noticed a 30-pound chunk missing out of George Costanza. So
1: you're calling him out on it.
3: I am totally calling him out on it. We are going to find out that George Costanza did not lose 30, 30 pounds on Jenny Craig.
1: Okay. Um, When, uh, how long has he got
3: with Jenny Craig? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long he's been with or have any.
1: Have any of you guys seen the picture, Dave, or anything? Yeah, I saw the picture. Yeah.
4: Um, It looks slightly better, but, you know, I I agree with Fez in one thing. His face looks exactly the same, so it leads me to believe that they just dressed him better. Mm. Because they took a, literally, the, the before shot. Was a George Costanza shot. Mm. So, I mean, that's not even fair to do because he was wearing baggy, you know, flannel shirts when he was on Seinfeld. So it, it was kind of, it smells a little dirty. Ew. I mean, like.
3: I, I went to the uh, Levi's store yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was getting some new jeans. I'm not saying uh, what size, but they, give, they put them in a bag for you. And this shopping bag from the Levi's store. The string on it is this crazy old Western twine where it's like ripping up your hands. It's tearing into your fingers. And the only reason they're doing it is so they can have this old West feel in their store. Why not just put the jeans in a plastic bag? You're not fooling anyone anyway. It's not like this is an old dry goods store that I've gone into where I'm getting a, you know, a sack of feed and some jeans so just, it's, why tear up your customer's fingers just so you can feel Old West? Quit trying to act all folksy and cowboyish.
1: In my day, the bags would come out paper and they felt good on your hands. These no bags hurt my hands. So you don't like the bags over there at Levi's?
3: No, they're, they're just a mess. Mm. And it's so they, they think they can, they think they're playing cowboy in the store. they're not no it's like the restaurants where you can uh where you can throw the peanut shells on the floor they uh, because they want to feel like an old steakhouse you don't like them no it's like it's uh, i then i should be allowed to throw my potato skins on the floor like that's old west and at the levi's store if you really want to have this cowboy feel then you know use one of those uh, an 1880s cash register Instead of the computer that my jeans were rung up on, go all the way with it then. Inconvenience yourselves instead of like trying to tear up my hands.
1: Uh, eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. Uh, let's go over here to Dan in Michigan. You're on run a fez. What up? Uh, what can what we up? do for you?
6: What
1: up? Let's go over here to Bill. Bill in Georgia, you're on Fez.
6: Hey, Ronnie, I just want to tell Fez, uh, Levi's aren't even made in America anymore. They moved everything overseas, and, and a lot of the textile mills that produced the denim for them, they all shut down over here in South Georgia and Alabama that were producing the, the textiles.
1: Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. David Mack, come on in here. I want you to go to this uh, thing at listall.com. Uh, Based on something that you brought up yesterday with you did not see Scarlett Johansson uh, coming. Um, Scarlett Johansson, you thought when she was a young girl, you had no idea you had a beautiful woman in the making. Absolutely not. Uh, Listall has pictures of beautiful women and then some of their early acting jobs. Uh, so we'll take a look at it and be able to tell if you. Would, now, there's young Natalie Portman, very cute little girl, right? Yes. And there, of course, is beautiful Natalie Portman. Yeah. Underneath of it, did you think Natalie Portman would have been that stunning?
4: Yes, even in the professional, which I mean w- would make me a certified ped. But uh, I thought this girl's so cute.
1: I don't know whether you remember this. The that movie was pretty controversial. Because they thought it was sexifying a little girl.
4: And I think that's more about the person watching it. Well,
1: remember when she was getting dressed up as... Yes. You know, different stars. Marilyn Monroe. And yeah, she was really... I mean, and
4: uh, Madonna. Yeah,
1: she was really cute. But also the relationship that they had was kind of a falling in love without being in love. And then if you remember in Beautiful Girls, an adult guy fell in love with her. Right. But didn't act on it. Yeah. So even as a little girl... They knew it was coming. All right, let's go on to the next one. And here's Charlotte Johansson. Um, Not exactly an ugly duckling, but no way to see uh, what she had ahead of her. I did not see it coming
4: whatsoever. And I didn't even see it coming as late as Ghost World, which is
1: 2001.
4: And right. th- that, that movie, she's in her teens, and well, I didn't think she was even the
1: best-looking girl in that movie. Well, let's be honest about this, though. The thing about her is it's not really her face. It's her curve. She's a very curvy, beautiful woman. That's where your eyes go first. So you're not going to be able to see that coming.
4: Yeah, I guess that's right. But, I mean, she, even her face looks better these days to me than it was when she was you know, a teenager or whatnot. All right, she was a plain
1: Jane. Let's keep moving along. Who's this here? Michelle Trachtenberg. She is, uh um, I don't think I know her.
2: Yeah, she is in some... Heck, you know her? I think she was on, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and now teen. she's on Gossip Girl.
1: She's in, like, the teen
4: I don't
2: shows. watch either
1: show. This is going to shock you. I don't watch either show. Huh? Yeah. So she started as, like, a Disney
4: type of, you know, sitcom Disney type of girl, and then went into the Gossip Girl. Mm. And, I mean, I think she's cute in both ways. All right, let's move on here. This girl, uh, Mila Kunis... She uh, was dating a Jonas brother. She's like, she does a singer. She does, you know, some of those Disney movies.
1: Oh, uh, I think you're wrong about that. I think, that is that the girl from that 70s show? She's been a long-term relationship with Home Alone, uh, the Home Alone kid, and they actually call him Home Alone.
4: (laughs) Um, That's right. She was uh, ugly as a girl. I'm going to say that right now. She's a beautiful woman. Yes. A beautiful woman. Oh, big time. I mean, there's just no denying it whatsoever.
1: As now, that girl, picture of her, I, I'm not familiar with her uh, when she was younger. But That's uh, her
4: when she's younger and she looks a little dirty to me, like a, like a tomboy type person. Well, I think
1: she's an Eastern European, but stunning, stunning uh, woman. Yes. All right, let's uh, keep moving along.
4: Thora Birch. I remember her because uh, she was the little kid in, in Patriot Games, Harazino, you know, when season yeah. four was, you know. And then, of course, she did American Beauty, and she became pretty hot. Yeah, as a little girl, she was just hideous, though. Yeah. Frightening, she, scary hideous.
3: Yeah, little, little, looks like someone beat up a doll.
4: And she had the chiclet teeth, which was distracting. That's Rolls Jack material.
1: <laughs> um, Christina Ricci. Pretty little girl, and, of course, uh, beautiful woman. Yeah. But she was a pretty little girl.
4: That one was easy, because in the Adams Family, I I had my eye on her in the Adams Family. Jennifer Connelly, I don't remember when she was a girl, but...
1: Well, Jennifer Connelly was in the David Bowie, that fucking kids movie.
4: Labyrinth. Yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah, she was not good
1: looking in Labyrinth. uh, But she was kind of cute, and then a few years after that, she was in some fucking John Hughes movie... That she was just a brick shit house, as they say. Okay. Just gorgeous. Yeah, and she is. And she's a day. beautiful middle-aged woman now. Oh, yeah.
4: Yes, she certainly is. Well, who are we looking at here? New Jersey's own Kirsten Dunst, who was, uh, she was in an interview with the vampire as a little girl. Yeah. This is a couple years later. As I'm going to
1: actually hurt you here. I think cuter as a little girl than she was as a woman.
4: Oh, no. What about her, curves? She's got breasts for a thin broad. Oh, my Lord. Plus, I kind of like that snaggletooth that her and Jewel have. I kind of like that kind of weirdness. And Jody Foster. Cute little boy. <laughs> and a cute man. Yeah. And then Anna Paula eh. Uh, I don't like it that much. See,
3: it's, it's tough when they're young and they haven't learned to pluck the eyebrows yet.
1: I don't know. I actually I like that. It, for me, it seems like this one's going to be a goer.
4: Reese Witherspoon pretty much looks exactly the same. That's actually always eerie
1: to yeah. me when they look exactly the same as a child and uh, an adult. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, Big Mike I think is down the hall right now. Oh, really? Big Mike from Idol. Yeah. Oh, awesome. The only one who didn't get to be part of uh, the festivities with his dad coming back. Ah, uh, Drew Barrymore, of course, was a little gr- a cute little girl, and picked his Gertie. He can't get any better than Gertie. Yeah.
4: She, uh, I never thought, I thought she was good in Poison Ivy, and again, she was underage. I thought those... She was very sexy. That was the height of Drew Barrymore.
1: Uh, for me, it was Gertie, when she was four. (laughs) Well, she was really cute. She was. She was adorable. You can't deny that. No. She made the movie. I liked her better than Elliot. Oh, Elliot was a little bit of a pussy. And Elliot's brother just had nothing.
4: Yeah, I've never even seen that guy in another movie since. You thought that guy could have gotten a gig somewhere, a Goonies, uh, something. I don't even see him at, like, Comic-Cons trying <laughs> to sign shit. I actually think the last couple of years have been great for Drew Barrymore, though. She has this
1: new kind of look about her. I don't know if she's in shape or look, what. after doing the unmask with Tom Green and seeing the pain in his face, I can't be easy on her. Okay. That's fair. Once I do an unmasked, that person becomes like my child, and I just want them to feel goodness. All right. Like, I can't look at Robert Klein right now going... I want you to have everything you've ever wanted, Robert. Same for David Brenner. Same for Bob Newhart. They're highly successful men. I mean... They're not happy. Neither one of them. Okay. It's one of the things about Unmasked. I don't know if you're going to see too many people. Uh, maybe there's just something in Funny People you can never completely be happy. Right. Uh, by the way, I think we're running an unmask during the show tomorrow, and we never do this, except for we really enjoyed Colin Quinn so much. We wanted to do... We said, well, let's do a preview... For the people to watch on Raw Dog, and then I go. Once this thing starts, I want people to hear the whole thing because I just think he comes off uh, brilliant doing this, and in a way that, if you're just used to him from Tough Crowd and the stuff that you hear him do with you know all the other comics and all, I don't think that you you might not understand just how thoughtful and smart the guy is. And this is this was a very real uh, cool unmask. So I think we're gonna run it tomorrow. During the uh, Ron and Fez show, uh, we're just looking for the clearance. But maybe just at a certain point during the show tomorrow, we'll break off and do uh, an hour with uh, Colin Quinn. Of course, coming up uh, later on today, Stone Temple Pilots uh, should be great. STP.
4: Yeah, that's, you know, if you're in the in crowd, it's just STP.
1: Still? There's sure. still a an in crowd that would like a fucking early 90s band? I think so. I think... The early '90s are back. Um, here is uh Dee, Dee in Kansas, showing my face.
6: Sorry, I had a lettuce wrap in my throat.
1: Oh Jesus, that's dangerous.
6: <laughs> you look at it this way: uh, like the Olsen twins and Dakota Fanning—cute girls, fucking hideous
5: women.
1: Uh, You know, I know, well, you slammed it down like they were here. Um, we could have sat and talked about it. I think if you're getting around calling those girls hideous, you're just jumping on some kind of bandwagon, they would all, you would pick any one of those girls up. Sure, yeah. And
4: I thought Dakota Fang was a little, was kind of odd
1: looking as a child. She's actually just stayed consistent. The Olsen twins are good She was just prom queen. I mean, she's a cheerleader. She's just went back to being a regular kid in school mm-hmm and would be been considered the hot kid in your school. Right. I'm sorry not everyone can be always favorably compared with, like, an Angelina Jolie. But if you look at Angelina Jolie, she wasn't the most attractive little kid, beautiful woman. Hmm. Uh, Tony, you Yeah, I,
6: that's pretty much the same question I was going to ask Listall about. Who who he thought, especially, like, in TV in the 80s, all those girls, you always thought, like, Who's the Boss and the Cosby Show, and you were thinking... Well, you know, are they going to grow into women? I was just wondering if you thought, well, if he kind of made the wrong call saying, oh, I think when she grows up, she's going to be, like, ravishing. But then you look at her, and then, like, she's not. Oh, and by the way, that uh, Jennifer Connelly movie was called
7: uh, Career Opportunities.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I never can remember the name of that movie. Uh, But, you know, this must be a harsh thing for you, Dave, because you said when you were a little kid, everyone Mm. thought that you were just the most adorable thing ever.
4: Yes, it's... Uh, absolutely on the record, yeah. That, that that's the case, and I've grown into um, not the most adorable thing ever. And it hasn't been uh, easy for you. It's been very difficult. I mean, here you can look. I mean, you could see, you could see it. You were you so fucking cute. You see it. I walked down to get out uh, some water, and a picture of me is on the opening Anthony office. Yeah. And I told Erock, I said, "What's this?" He said, "I printed it out because you were so cute." He put a picture of my cuteness on their office. Well,
1: that's uncomfortable anyway. But the fact is, when you used to play the tambourine in the Partridge family, oh. that was the best you've ever looked. Mm. Let's go over here to Adam. You're on my face.
6: Hey, guys. I got a question. for uh, This one's for Dave. Since you brought up Natalie Foreman and uh, Leon the Professional, do you think a little girl from Kick-Ass is going to grow up to be hot?
1: Yes,
4: 100%. Uh, I can't see her not being good-looking. I,
3: supp- I think if she keeps her hair purple. It'll work for.
1: I am uh, surprised that that movie didn't do all that well. Radar. Oh, so the fanboys really are boys.
4: Yeah, I I think that the radar thing was played a huge role in it because parents weren't going to take their kids to see this.
1: So really, all these Batman type movies and stuff like that is just little kids going.
4: I believe that's it's, what makes things. Yeah, fuck yes.
1: Because mm-hmm. don't, that teen audience, they'll
4: mm-hmm. see a movie fucking ten times. And that's how it's all about repeat business. Right. You wonder why The Dark Knight made a
1: fucking billion dollars. Because but, you know, if you were a filmmaker, would you be happy that your film just has become like a babysitter <laughs> to children? I mean, it, it, I am fucking happy for him that this year he gets to make something a little more grown up with this yes. dream movie. I'm very excited for Inception. Um. Here is uh, Brad. Brad, you're on the run Renfro Show. How
6: about Filet Moon Fry? She was cute as funky Brewster. She grew up to be bad.
1: Um, I actually think she grew up to be a very pretty girl.
4: Yeah, I've seen, I saw her on VH1 recently, and I thought she was
1: pretty good looking. She's got that sexy, what you would call, dewy look about her. <laughs>
4: yeah, I like that. And she, uh, she, she like, I think fronts a band and stuff. So I, I can I like had her. no
1: idea she fronted a band.
4: Yeah.
3: And I think she had the breast reduction too. That's
1: never a good idea. That's silly.
3: Because when that, she did that Wonder Years episode, she was like, they were in a rowboat, and she was almost tipping it over.
4: I remember that. Mac in
5: Oklahoma.
3: Hey, boys. Uh, the little girl from Little Miss Sunshine, uh,
6: she's kind of coming into her own in that uh, Zombie Land with Woody Harrelson.
1: Uh, I saw it, and I didn't even know if she was in that movie. Oh. I didn't even make the connection. Those were the same uh, per- people. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Alex in Texas. Sharon Fez.
6: Yeah, Ron, you remember that kid in uh, Christmas Story, Scott Farkas? Yeah, that was uh, that was Dave. Dave, and, that uh, was, was you. Funny. You
4: were
1: in Christmas
6: Story. No, I
5: wasn't. You
1: were fucking great, in that. I would have been like four. What's the latest on the on LeBron James uh, rumors?
4: Uh, this newest thing that I really love is that there's this NBA power broker and that he is putting together a possible deal package. He's really good friends with LeBron and John Calipari, and he's shopping this package around to the Bulls, the Clippers, the Nets, and any other team that will listen. Which is fucking weird. Why does LeBron want to take somebody else along with him? He, this guy is like he's a mover and shaker in the NBA. And because he's really good friends with Calipari and really good friends with LeBron, they've met a few times and now Calipari and I get and it, but
1: what, what, what's in it for LeBron? It's his coach, you know? But still, what whoever your next coach is is going to be your coach. Whoever gets you, the team's going to be built around you, yeah. right? Why act like... As I'm taking this around the other teams, I could have some coaches trying to keep me out of this.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't see a coach that would be upset or uh, at having LeBron or scolding LeBron, but I guess this ensures, you know, I'm going to be able to get to do whatever I can or want to do in my new city.
1: What's the other uh, big stuff going on with Steve Nash right now? I know there's some controversy uh yeah, about him he got as to... we used to as we were talking the other day carrying the ball.
4: <laughs> um Phil Jackson said that he carries the ball all the time. Uh-huh. He need, the NBA needs to call traveling on him. And he said, uh, when he heard about this, he said, um, I never heard anyone accuse me of carrying it. I mean, the best coach in the league, Greg Popovich, didn't have a problem with it last week. Really funny. Which is hysterical because he really gave it to Phil. Without giving it to him. Yeah. And I saw Phil Jackson's response, and he, he couldn't think of a comeback. So it was great, because Phil Jackson's like, well, um, yeah, I mean, Popovich is a great coach. I I just, yeah. So he was, like, all flustered when they told him about the quality. Well, here's
1: the thing about Nash. He's so fast, and you see him cutting, you know, hard to his left, then back to his right. How are you going to do that without carrying <laughs> the fucking ball? He's swinging the ball. But, yeah, this is part of pro basketball yeah. now.
4: And, uh, honestly, Michael Jordan literally carried the ball. Right. Like, you would see Michael Jordan have the, the, his hand would scoop the inside of the ball, and he would take, like, two steps right. before pulling the ball down to dribble again. So, I mean, you know, it's been going on forever. But Jordan took it to a crazy
1: level, so you can't call it on, on Nash now. Yeah, that's the problem you have in this. Do you want everybody to be fucking called? All right, here's a question for you, David Mack. Uh, Van Morrison does a show in Houston on Saturday, Alcohol Ben. Uh, it was Van Morrison's idea. He exi- insisted on it because he doesn't like people moving around while he's performing. He doesn't want fans making beer runs or piss runs. And says uh, a lot of the drinking leads to talking and misbehaving. Uh, does this bother you you get it? It bothers me. I mean, I, I like Van Morrison,
4: but... There's, you know, a rock concert is a rock concert, and just as carrying in the NBA is not called, you know, uh, if if you want to have extra security and, and throw nitwits out who are vomiting while you're trying to sing Astral Weeks,
1: mm-hmm. that's one thing. But don't don't ruin the fun time for everybody. But here's the deal: you don't need to drink at a movie. No one even brings it up. Why yeah. isn't there beer here? Why isn't there alcohol here? Uh, and particularly this summer, you get so many of these amphitheater shows. Right. Where it's a gorgeous night, you're sitting out, but those beer tents are so close that they can still be fucking heard. Yeah. And you just see people showing up at some of these shows, you're paying $100 plus a lot of them, and you see that they're just there to drink. And you're like, why didn't you stay in the fucking parking lot? Right. Well, I mean, then there's a ways to solve
4: that. I mean, maybe then shut the shut the um, beer tents by the stage down, and but maybe move them out to either the parking lot or move them away from the stage. But don't don't just cut it off. There's plenty of people who like to have a few beers.
3: But he's only so, g- he's only going to get his he's getting his real fans there, not the people that are there to party and not pay attention to him. And no. let's face it, he could sell
1: out no matter what, at this point of his career.
3: And he did. But, but no he's... matter what,
1: you know, in the same way, if you're saying, let's face it, it's rock concerts. not every rock concert is the same. Some have seats, some don't. Some have light shows, some don't. Some have 30 people on stage, some have two. So I have no fucking problem with Van Morrison saying, if you want to come to a Van Morrison show, here's the show and the way it happens. I don't have any fucking problem with him saying, for whatever reason... I don't want this one service. Now, the venue might complain because they make a lot more money. Yeah. But a lot of times when I go to these fucking shows, and really, I think if it wasn't for tailgaters, you'd be fine. Yeah. But the, particularly in the summer, some people just make this about being drunk in the summer. Um, and then the outdoor shows, of course, become this fucking weird thing all the time. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Let's go over here to uh, Jay. Jay in the body, you manifest.
7: Hey, Ronnie, I just wanted to say, you know, you're right. Far and away, you don't drink in a movie. But here a few while back, we went to a theater in Texas. We were down there on business, and they had booths opposed to, to seats, and they'd come and take your order and uh, bring you a you know cheeseburger, fries kind of meal, and uh, had a beer and wine for sure. Anyhow, and it was kind of I wouldn't want to watch a great movie that way. But it was kind of a cool to watch a you know a. A Hollywood, you know, blockbuster kind of movie in that environment. Uh,
1: I don't know why you think that you're, you're bringing this up like it's a brand new thing. This has been around forever. At uh, no point do I need to sit there. Dave, do you need a cheeseburger during your fucking movie? <laughs> no, I don't. I want to fucking get into the film itself. But again, I don't... It's almost like if James Cameron says, I want to have a 3D movie. And Woody Allen says, I don't want to have a 3D movie. That's their movies. I don't have a problem with the artist saying, "Here's the way you come to my show." Why would I? Well, it, but isn't it? It's like such a tradition. Maybe you have a nice cup of beer or something like
4: that, and he, it feels like he's punishing. The God, I think much, many more people are good fans that are going to sit there and listen to his music and not I, dick around.
1: I think the point is, he said this is already going so fucking far that people who are my fans complain to me. Or while he's singing on stage and you're like, right, if it's fucking after weeks and you have people who are obviously drunk and wooing and he's like, I don't even want to be in that environment. It seemed like the guy has been around long enough to say this is the way um, I do my show. Here's Mr. Hindo. You're in Iowa. You're in manifest
6: Hey, Ronnie. Uh, Leon Redbone had a show at a blues fest out here in Southeast Iowa, and they had that thing for about ten, eleven years. And the drunks, of course, come to see the you know the Whalen blues, and the people that came to see uh, Redbone were you know they were quiet because he's a real stoic performer. You know, and you've got to pay attention so you right. hear what you hear. Well, the crowd was getting up and saying, shut up or leave, you know, to the loud bitches down in the front. And old Leon got so pissed off, he played about three quarters of the show and then got up and walked off and he jinxed the son of a bitch. And they just quit having it all together.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get both sides of that. Now, if you go to, if you're playing a festival and you're a band, you already know what you're doing. But if you're going out and this is your tour and you're headlining your own tour, I don't understand why you wouldn't make the... You wouldn't set up the parameters the way you want your music to be heard. Uh, I saw a thing with the Black Keys, and they were playing some festival, and it was like, you know, all the standard fucking uh, jam bands were on the fucking, you know, on the list. Uh, you know, widespread panic and all my and stuff. And they're riding in, and the black kids are like, This is our worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> Just looking at these people. Like, they knew they were going to a nightmare fucking gig. But if it's your fucking show, uh, that's up to you. Um, here is. Um, let's go over here to Tom. Tom, you're on my fist.
9: Davey Mack. You said, "Hey, Van Morrison, this is a rock and roll concert." Well, maybe Van Morrison doesn't consider himself a rock artist. Maybe he thinks of himself as a musician, not a you know a rock star.
1: There's a lot of people. Whatever it is, the way they're setting it up, I I know. Like if I was saying your favorite band, Pink Floyd, I'd like people to sit down and shut up, like you were watching a movie. Right. That would be my and I've seen fucking Pink Floyd under those circumstances before, where the people sat quietly. And then later saw, like, you know, people doing the fucking bump. So yeah. what are you going to fucking do?
4: Yeah, when I saw Pink Floyd at Giant Stadium, I didn't have any drugs in me or anything
1: like that. Well, I had plenty of drugs in me. <laughs> I was fucking under 25, well, my friend. That's, 25. that's the point. So you could handle it, just like I'm sure there's plenty Fuck of people yeah. in
4: Houston who could
1: handle some beer. Um, but not everybody could. He didn't want to deal with it. He cannot fucking hear people like that. Uh, here's Darren. You're on a fez.
6: Hey, buddy. Um, yeah. I saw the Monster of the Folk last year. It was Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes, M. Ward, and Jim James. There was, like, this hammered 50-year-old guy next to me. Every time Connor Oberst played, he told his friend, that's Connor Oberst right now, man, and I can't write songs as good. And if the lights went down and then they came back up and Connor moved over five feet, he would,
1: like, retell his friend where the guy was. It was a fucking nightmare. So it drives you crazy.
6: Yeah, I had to talk to him eventually. I was like, dude, I appreciate that you're a big fan. I am, too, but... I can't
5: fucking hear.
1: It's just a guy in an acoustic guitar, and you're yelling. Why don't you fucking knock him out, Darren? I'm a pussy. Oh, that's right. I forgot. All right, thanks. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here's uh, Ryan, New Jersey. You're on RUN-FEZ.
6: Without drugs and alcohol, the Grateful Dead would have never had a career.
1: I love old jokes, but are you even a fan of that, or is that just your joke?
6: No, that's not even a joke. That's serious. No, How the, many the, of their fans are... The whole
1: oh, bit God. is once the asset wears off, you say this shit's terrible. Um, here's uh, Chris and P.A. You're first.
7: Yeah, I went
6: to a concert at Jones Beach last year, and uh, they don't even serve beer there, and it was great without all the drunk kids around. It was a fish show. But uh, it was just nice having not, I mean, it sucks not be able to get a beer for myself, but it was awesome just not having the, the mayhem that you usually have at concerts like that.
1: And really, it you know, people can drink before the show. It's not like you're fucking taking away their rights. They can always leave and go have a beer.
4: Yeah, but if it's a long show, you know, and it's a song you don't like, you like to r- refresh it.
1: That's what fucking he doesn't want to put up with. He's playing a new song, and all the fucking drunks get up and walk over, ruining it for the fucking things that people there. Just like in the movie. If you got to the movie, and it got to the romantic part, and all the drunks got up to fucking go drink, and only come back during the explosions, you'd be pissed.
3: There... Um... Celebrity Rehab says they are having trouble getting celebrities for their Celebrity Rehab show. They may not be able to have another season. People aren't signing up to go through rehab on uh, television, in public.
1: Mm. Uh, won't they give that guy that uh, Dave likes? What's his name, Shorty or something? Yeah, Shifty. Shifty. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. He's been doing it every single year.
3: What they ought to do is, since the cast of Jersey Shore is getting canned... Now I'm hearing other things about that, though. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, now I might be bouncing back the other way.
3: And, you know, their whole story is bar fights and problems with drinking. Move them over to Celebrity Rehab. Just have the situation in Snooki, all of them in the rehab house.
1: The thing about it is people, like, you should be going to rehab because they want to be in rehab. And it's almost like they have people who are in rehab because they want to be on TV. doesn't exactly work for them.
4: Yeah, and I'm not sure if those kids really have drinking problems. Snooky might have a drinking problem. But I, I actually think a lot of those kids, they like going out to bars to hook up. But they, they weren't gigantic drinkers, except for Snooky.
3: The problem is the reality television celebrities aren't recycling fast enough, where the ones from Dancing with the Stars aren't ready to drop down the reality ladder to hit celebrity rehab yet.
1: Jerome, Florida, Yarmouth
5: Fez.
7: Um, yeah, well, I see if uh, they, they don't want people drinking, you're going to get Dave getting hammered before he goes to the show. They should just have each show or a show every other night be drinking and the other one be non-drinking.
1: Uh, and who gets to make this up?
7: Um, the whoever the artist is,
1: the artist wants to do the show that he wants to do. That would be like saying, uh, if you said to a, a a comic, one show should be for hecklers, the other show is not He might not be the kind of guy who wants to work with hecklers. He just wants to do his fucking show. Still, I I I, I know you it. drink. I get it. You want to be drunk at the show. But it's not something that the artist has set up for you. Uh, Charlie, you're on of Fez.
6: Ronnie, Van Morrison was on Imus, and so were the Blind Boys of Alabama. And uh, they couldn't agree on a song to sing together, and Van Morrison walked. And, of course, Imus
9: talked about it and brought it out, you know, made it a part of the show. So it was not surprising to me that Van Morrison would put this down. What's surprising is your stance, actually, because you've always been someone who said, look, if I can drink and drive, why, why the hell is it against the law? You've always
6: been an individual type of freedom type of guy.
9: The
1: freedom I would be would be for the artist's freedom. That's the fucking freedom, not the fuck. The thing is, if I'm doing a show of any kind, then I would set up the parameters and then the people could make their decision of whether they wanted to come or not. The whole fucking thing isn't this thing of all shows are the same. This is what fucking bugs me. Where Dave goes, I don't care what show I'm going to, I expect the same fucking uh, situation. So Dave doesn't care if he's going to see Pearl Jam or Guns N' Roses or if he's going to see, let's say, a Ben Folds. You're going to act different at all those fucking shows. You don't need to be all fucking partied up. And if Van Morrison got to Imus and fucking Imus didn't feel like he got treated the way he wanted by Van Morrison, that is fucking zero, the way I feel about Van Morrison. Van Morrison could come in here and spit on us, wouldn't take away from He's made some great fucking music. I could give two fucks how the guy acts as a cranky old man. But it is true, though, that, like... I
4: just want the option, you know. I, I did go to Benfold's and I I didn't go crazy, but I I'm, I was happy that they had the option of having booze there.
3: But, how but many, this, what? How many more years is he going to tour? And it's like it's you're getting an opportunity to see him still. Why?
1: Again, it doesn't matter what it is. Here's his fucking way that he wants to do a concert. That's it. I don't act like you got to be thankful of him. But if this is the way the fucking artist comes out and says, here's the way to see my work, just in the same way if the guy was a fucking painter, he's going to decide what kind of venue uh, that he would hang the paintings in, in the way. Doesn't fucking surprise me. You don't have to fucking go. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Joe, New York, you're my fez.
6: What's up, buddy? Hey. Is uh, for celebrity rehab. What about Davey Mack? Let's
1: get him on there. Uh, you'd have to want to quit. <laughs> well, I don't know. If
4: you watch that show, I could probably get away with getting drunk and
1: being allowed to get, go back into the house. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. Now, what about your guy Eddie Vedder, Dave? Uh huh. When he wants everybody to shut up and sit down, at his personal show. And then he wants some rock hard at a Pearl Jam show.
4: Well, I don't, I don't like being told to stand up and sit down. I'm not in fucking church. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care for that. So even, you don't care for Eddie Vedder? I care for the man, but I don't care for, hey, stay seated. It, it was, you know, like, I remember going to a Wilco show one time. It was a summer festival, and I'm, I was happy, yelling, and people were telling
1: me to be quiet. I'm like, it's the summertime. I wasn't even drunk. I know, but no one wants to fucking have... That's like, it's the summertime where you go to a movie. And I don't want you up screaming during a movie. But it was a rocking song, Ron. It wasn't like, it was like a heartfelt piano
4: ballad. They were rocking. I was like, yeah!
1: Jeff, in New Hampshire, you, you know what you try to act like? Someone you saw at a rock show. That's what you seem like you try to... Uh, Jeff, you're on first.
6: Yeah, uh, most rock shows are like an hour and a half long. You can't go without a fucking drink for an hour and a half.
1: You in the case fresh. of Dave, Absolutely. Nick and Phil, you're on Run of Fez.
6: Hey, Ron, how, how do the venues feel about this? Don't they stand to lose a lot of money?
1: I would think yes. Sales? I think I would think absolutely uh, yes. And I would see them going, um, well, I don't want to fucking you know, deal with it. And that would be between them and Van. Then he would have to go out and find a different fucking show to do, different venue. Nick, you're on Run of Fez. Ronnie. Yes, sir.
9: Hey, I was at the uh, show in Atlanta, and um, he, Van Morrison didn't let uh, people drink during the concert, but before the concert, it was open. And it wasn't a big deal. The only problem was there was no encore afterwards. What do you think about the encore?
1: Um, uh, what? It always the encore thing surprises me. That just because an encore is, uh, is expected now, how does that make it an encore anymore? I let people go, let's not act like I'm going to leave and then come back. Let's just fucking do this thing right here.
4: That's like going to a baseball game thinking that it's going to end in the seventh inning. And then, oh, the eighth inning's an encore. And now another encore for the ninth. You know, it's so predictable.
1: But also, if you look at a lot of encores, you'll see people who love the band leaving to beat traffic. Well, those people are freaks and they're not real fans.
4: (laughs) Neither are you. I've never left a baseball
1: world. You're not alert. a real fan either. You can't fucking sit there and enjoy the show. you got to make it about summer, screaming and jumping up and down. I'm loving this because it's changing all the parameters of the meeting I'm going into. <laughs> what?
4: Please. <laughs> I like to enjoy myself at a show. I know. I'm going to bring that up. Show. It's not like, I'm going to bring
1: up that you at least seem like you, you've got a crazy problem. <laughs> um. The other thing is, a rock and roll show, they're so
4: infrequent. That's why they feel like more of a celebration, and you tend to drink at celebrations.
1: Uh, guy, you're
9: Yeah, last year I was at a Crosby Stills Nash show at Jones Beach, and uh, the people in the luxury suites were making so much noise that a bunch of the people in the section in front of them actually had the people thrown out because all they were doing was drinking and making a ruckus during... Uh, during the acoustic set. And to me, if you're paying $100 to see a show, which uh, CSN charges between 80 and and 100 bucks to see a show, you should be able to sit through and watch the show and enjoy it and not listen to a bunch of people just being rowdy and looking to party.
1: I agree 100%. 100 fucking percent. If I'm going to see Tony Bennett, do I really want some guy standing up and screaming? And trying to act like "I Left My Heart in San Francisco" was his favorite fucking song. Well, Why not, do I give a fuck about him?
4: I'm not. Did, I'm not uh, sticking up for people who are
1: being disruptive. But I. I but I'm. You were being for... disruptive at the Wilco show.
4: No, and that's was... coming
1: up in the meeting.
4: Oh, come on!
1: Uh, last night, big night for your team. Um, the Red Sox and Yanks back and forth all night. When A Rod hits the home run. I can't fucking believe it.
4: Yeah, he's just been awesome for—I mean, for so long. But now, he—you add the clutch dimension to Alex Rodriguez, and that's just—that's fuck. He's fucking awesome. And then the new guy hits a shot. What's his name? Marcus Timms. Yeah, the Yankees this year. The weird thing is, though, people were criticizing the game not so much because of the excitement, but that they, they say the Yankees Red Sox right now lacks personality.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm saying there's still A Rod, there's still Pedroia. Uh, Nikki, Kansas City, you're in First
6: of all, summer! Whoa! Mm. Great show! Secondly, Roddy, have you ever been to a Public Enemy show?
1: Uh, yeah, early on, and um, they actually, they're, they're a strange fucking group.
6: Yeah, you've got the uh, most serious guy in America next to the biggest goof in America. Yeah. Uh, did you see him with uh, with Anthrax when they played or with
1: Primus? No, this was years even before that. I saw him when they did this thing over in Tampa, and they came in through the front doors with security all around them to go through the front doors to the show. It was fucking crazy as shit. Their
6: own
5: security, right?
6: The yeah. F1Ws?
1: Yeah, it basically looked like the Black Panthers had brought him.
6: I was going to ask you about. It's the most. It was weird because when I went, they had Primus playing before them, which was, you know, a little strange. And then they had uh, they came out and their S1Ws came out, and it's the most menacing show I've ever seen. Well, you know, except for Flay. All
1: right, thanks, man. But it's just part of the show. It's just I don't think they're out there hurting people. Brandon, right you're on the face show. show.
6: Hey, Ronnie, how are you today, sir? Good. Hey, I want to agree with you. I believe the artist has the right to set the parameters, and you kind of touched on it as far as like an actual painting or art gallery. Mm-hmm. If I'm the artist, and I set it up as a black tie event. That's my uh, that's my right. So, therefore, nobody gets to come in if they're wearing cutoffs and, and, you know, tank tops.
1: And, again, you don't have to go see the guy's show. You don't yeah, have don't, to show up there, so it's fine if you don't like it. Dave's thing is and that it's all about the beer and this recreating the same rock experience. No matter who the fucking artist does, it doesn't matter. We want our beer, we want to cook in the fucking parking lot before, we want to hang up songs and blast fucking music to people who are going to be hearing the music live in just fucking 15 minutes. Throw some footballs, too. Exactly. You're a bunch of fucking Jimmy Buffett fucking heads. I mean, I don't know, you know, because I, yeah, I, I do know. I'll it's drink, the same shit. I'll drink differently
4: for, for different bands.
3: It wouldn't be bad if Broadway rules were implied, where no one's being seated after the first five minutes. Oh,
1: come on. No, it would really be up to the artist. I go to plenty of shows that are just fucking fun and silly, and everybody's having a great time. I've been to shows where fucking more people in the crowd end up on stage. The people on stage end up in the crowd... I don't think that you need all these fucking rules on the outside. It's up to the person putting on the show. If you can't see the fucking difference between going to the White Stripes and then going to fucking Lilith Fair, I don't know what to do to you. You're just like a crazy person.
4: Yeah, but they're still under the umbrella of
1: rock and roll. I mean, they are
4: not. I'm not saying you have to go crazy and throw a chair at Lilith Fair. I wouldn't do that either. But I Dude, want to here's drink.
1: how fucking dated you are. No one even says rock and roll anymore. That's how fucking dated you are. Rock. There's a lot of people who don't consider themselves rock. What kind of squares are we talking about? I mean, well, right now we're talking about you. <laughs> You're the fucking square, and that's coming up at the meeting after. Oh man. Um. 866-Run Zero Fez. 866-Run Zero Fez. We'll take a break here. Fez, are you feeling a little better?
3: Feeling a little bit better, yes. Alright,
1: we're gonna come out shooting fire and firing when we get back. It's the Run and Fez Show.
0: The Run and Fez Show. The virus on Sirius XM. I will fear no
4: evil! No lesson than a Because I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I walk
6: with Jesus. I shout with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. We stop over the We stop over
10: the
1: Run a Fez show, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Look what it is, it's our buddy Nicholas from Crunch Gear, you're on the Run a Fez show.
6: Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Uh, I just got a quick spy report. I got uh, Red Dead Redemption, the Rockstar game in the mail today, and in the credits I can see Ron Bennington and Dave McDonald.
1: Oh yeah, we are uh, very, very big stars on uh, the Red Dead Redemption. How's the game look to you?
6: Uh, I only played it for like two or three minutes, but it looks pretty great. So, I mean, Rockstar doesn't mess around.
1: Uh, But this, I think, uh, Rockstar is doing something a little different, where this actually looks like a Sergio Leone film. I mean, it's really beautiful, the stuff that I've seen. My friend had a copy of it last night. I called, and they're like, stop bothering me. I'm going to talk to you later about it. Uh, They were just already really pulled into it. So, yeah, Rockstar does some good stuff. Of course, we'll have Laszlo... Later this week. Do we have Hard Rock Johnny coming in the same day? I believe so, yes. That'd be great. Thanks, Nicholas. Take care. All right, bye. I think this will be one of the first non-sports games that I can
2: get into. Oh, Rockstar's the fucking king. I like to play Cowboys and
1: Indians. I'm not going to lie to you about this. A little spy report. Spy report. Spy spy report. And it concerns, uh, of course, curb your enthusiasm and... Season 8. Season 8, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And you'll want to hear this, Dave McDonald. You, above all else, will want to hear this. Season 8, Curb Your Enthusiasm, is leaving Los Angeles.
4: Oh, my God. It's done. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Season 8 takes place in Manhattan.
4: Oh, yes.
1: They'll be doing the show... In New York.
4: Okay, I'm on board.
1: Now, we've only really got one person left uh, until I get my full collector set, and that's the great Larry David. But also, Super Dave Osborne, unmasked, would be fucking perfect.
4: Oh, yeah, that would be amazing.
1: Um, That's weird. So, like... For instance, Super Dave, he's going to go to New York I with them? I don't know, Dave. I'm just reading the headlines. <laughs> I can't give everybody every detail. Okay,
4: all right. I just. Acquiring. I don't know if
1: Funkhouser is going to be in New York or not. Okay. But well, it will be more time with his cousin, which is fucking Yeah, his stated. cousin from A Serious Man. Yeah. That
4: guy is in New York. I love it when Larry, you remember when Larry came to New York to do the Scorsese movie, that one episode, and he's always it good. It was great. He's always good in New York.
1: Well, if you remember, he did the pilot in New York.
4: Right. Yes, I do. So, I, I'm very excited for I don't that. think
1: you remember that.
4: Yes, I do. It was an hour-long episode. I remember I that. I don't
1: think you recall that. I do. I could give you details about it. Um, wait a minute. <clears throat> what the hell is the name of this fucking movie I just saw? It's, I thought it was a Serious Man for this week. There's so many movies that follow that fucking premise. Solitary Man? Yeah, there's Solitary Man, Simple Man... I get very fucking tired of the S-Men type movies. Right, yeah. Oh, here's what happened. Susie Essman fucking slipped it out by mistake. She said we're relieved that they're uh, shooting in New York because now I get to sleep in my own bed. Okay. Let the rest of the cast stay in hotels. Because she does the show in, in L.A., but she's a New York person. She just flies out there. You see that, that that plane that had to land the other day, Fez? Oh. And the big stars that were on it?
3: I didn't see who was on it. I just heard there may have been celebrities on it. Uh,
1: The cute little girl that we talked about, one of the Olsen twins. The kid that was in The Hangover that we had to fight with on our show.
3: Oh, Justin Bartha. Yeah,
1: I didn't even know that he was the same kid. I just... I've watched The Hangover twice now and enjoy it. I never took made the fucking thing that... Uh, that he's the one that we had to run in with. But actually, to be honest, you know, me and him bumped heads for a second. And then after a few minutes got along, okay. But then the, you know, the fucking company just went crazy. Well, you didn't you call somebody on the phone? You fucking I forgot about it.
3: Yeah, I, I think I called his uh, agent or publicist. Huge mistake. Right.
1: Uh, and that got Disney involved. And then Disney said... Uh, I'm not going to bring anybody back or whatever. I don't know what the fuck happened. But anyway, he was on the plane. The kid who is on uh, on Broadway right now playing Frankie Valley, who I've seen that, he was on the plane. So what happens, the plane is up and moving. They smell smoke. People are like smelling smoke for a while. Finally, the pilot comes running out of the cockpit, screaming, does anybody have a fire extinguisher? Now, people are getting weird. They're fucking, they go back in, they're, they land the plane, I believe, in Dulles. They leave from New York, or they're coming from L.A., whatever. Mm-hmm. They had to stop in Dulles and, and D.C. As people are exiting the plane, everybody's safe. The pilot comes out. They can see that the wires are fucking melted. And that the uh, windshield is cracked and oh, fucked up.
3: fantastic. From the heat of the flames in there. But he did get him down safely. If there's one place, if you're going to have to have the fire on the plane, the one place you don't want it is the cockpit.
1: Well, why isn't this guy a hero? Why is just Sully the hero? He
3: landed at an airport. And why doesn't the guy have a fire extinguisher? Why is he having to come That's out? a shocker. That, yeah, that he has to come out and ask the flight attendant for it, like he's asking for an extra cup of ice.
1: Oh, look it up for me. There was somebody else. Oh, somebody from Californication was on the plane. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Not the I company, I hope. No, not the company. I think it was one of the girls, but I don't remember which one. Okay. So come rushing back in with that information. So we, we could have lost some real celebs here in this.
4: That would have been like a who's who of young Hollywood.
1: Yeah. And then apparently, you know, 200 people that we don't care about. They would have been dead.
3: And that's like a thir- I think like a, what, a 35-minute, 40-minute flight from Washington, from New York to Washington anyway. So yeah, but they're I dealing don't... with the flames that whole time, it sounds like? I don't know which what direction
1: they were going. I don't know if they were coming from L.A. or if they were leaving from fucking New York.
4: Pamela Adlon was her
1: name. Which one is she? Just says one of the girls. We'll find out what character she is. Good IMDb. If she is the girl that I think, then um, she does the voiceover work. Well, she was Louis C.K.'s wife in the uh, Louis show. Okay. uh, If it's the one that I think. Her name is Marcy Runkle. That's her. Yeah. What other, see what cartoon character she does. She does Rugrats. And something really big, though. Yeah, you're right about the Lucky Louie. Yeah, I'm right about all this. right about everything so far. I adore this girl. What's new Scooby-Doo? No, it's something, come on, Dave. Something that we would all know. King of the Hill. Yeah, she does the King, she's the little boy from King of the Hill.
3: Okay. That's a talented girl right there. This is a nightmare flight. Disney says they're thinking of uh, working on a new live-action Cinderella film. Finally. And I was thinking, out of all the Disney princesses, which one actually had it the roughest? Because you have Cinderella, who's, you know, she's doing hard labor. She's scrubbing floors and stuff. But at least nobody's trying to kill her at this point.
1: Um... Yeah, I guess you're right. They were just trying to keep her down, right?
3: Right, yeah. They were just, her, yeah. she. Was, I get all
1: the princesses
3: mixed up. So she was raised by the mean stepmother who just basically had her wearing rags and scrubbing floors. But she was, you know, had the place to live. Then you had the ones like Little Mermaid and the one from Aladdin and Sleeping Beauty. They at least all came from money. Their basic thing was who they fell in love with. So that was their biggest problem. That's when the trouble started. And Sleeping Beauty, she was just out of it anyway. I mean, even when she got the spell put on her, they weren't trying to kill her. She just had to sleep it off.
1: I'm sorry. I don't even know where we're going with this. Where are we going? Exactly? I was saying
3: which princess had it the roughest.
1: Oh. Uh, I, wasn't there a thing called the Little Gay Princess? Which I think would be great. A little boy who sees himself as a princess.
3: I don't think they've done that one yet. Wouldn't it be perfect though? It would be really cute. The yes. Frog
1: and the Fagala. Because I know I will say this: I never. I mean, I know all the princess fucking things, I guess, mm-hmm. but I could never focus on them. I just couldn't identify.
3: And Pocahontas, they were trying to wipe out all her people.
1: That one I know I never saw.
3: And that, but the the roughest one had to be Snow White, where Why? you have the yeah the mean stepmother there. But she gets kicked out of the house. The stepmother's jealous of her beauty, of Snow White's beauty, so there's weird issues there. Like, it seems like Snow White is going to start... She's worried that Snow White is going to start sleeping with her own father, I guess, because she's jealous of her and her beauty. Snow White gets thrown out in the woods. Then, this horrible line, where it's the evil stepmother, the evil queen, tells the, the guy to cut her heart out of her body and bring it back to me. Hmm. So this is actually in a kid's movie. Then she ends up living with the dwarves, and she gets poisoned. Snow White had to have it the hardest out of all the Disneys.
1: After hearing that, I'm going to agree with you, Fez.
3: It's actually like the other ones basically had a cakewalk compared to Snow White.
1: Eddie in Virginia, you're running Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, Fezzy, when's
3: your movie
6: coming out? Aren't you a princess that had a hard time?
1: Fez's movie will come out. All right, 866 six, run, zero Fez. 866 six, run, zero Fez. Um, looks like Peter King of Sports Illustrated has released his own power rankings uh, for the NFL next season. Here's how we go Number five, New Orleans Saints, Super Bowl winners. Number four, Indianapolis Colts. Number three, Baltimore Ravens. Number two, San Diego Chargers, and number one, the Packers of Green Bay. Uh, Who needs Peter King to do this?
4: I'm not sure. And this is why I can't listen to Peter King or football predictors in general.
1: It really is strange how much of our sports reporting has become sports predicting. Right. Um, But football's the worst.
4: They're the worst culprit.
1: Well, it is. Uh, I'll agree with you there. But if I would just love to see the amount of time that ESPN talks about a sport, sporting event, beforehand, as opposed to after. After, I feel like you might get at most uh, a half a day or a day's reporting, and then maybe a backstory there of something you didn't know the following day. And then that event is gone forever. Right. But they love, remember you heard it here first, you will see. And they go through that with every single event now.
4: Yeah, Reggie Miller predicted the Spurs would sweep the Suns. He said, trust me on this one. I'm Reggie Miller. I guarantee it. The
1: Spurs look great. But here's the funny thing about it. There's no penalty to Reggie Miller now. No, there is. There there is no thing of... he will be able to make the next prediction and look into the camera and say, "Trust me again."
4: That would be great if we actually had wins and losses, and we kept tally of the
1: analysts the way we keep tally of the athletes. Then, first of all, I get annoyed with anybody picks not using the spread because that does mean no good. Yeah, I mean that's here. I know what- how to pick with the spread. <laughs> right. I know how to say, "Trust me, I know who the favorite is here." That that seems like uh, child stuff. If you're picking pro
4: football and you're not factoring in the spread. Sort of why I like Charles Barkley. He doesn't get uh, involved in a lot of predictions. It's just, you know, this guy needs to do that and this guy needs to do that. Pierre King always has these crazy-ass predictions. They never go well. Last year was fucking Tony Romo and the
1: Cowboys are definitely going to win the Super Bowl. It's just a waste of time. Here's Matt in Philly.
6: Hey, what's up, boys? Yeah. Hey, I'm sick of hearing about football in the summer and before summer. I want to hear about baseball. It's May. I want to hear about baseball, not about football. It's happened in August and September.
1: It does come up all the time. Football is Ridiculous. by far the biggest sport in America.
4: Well, it's definitely 365, especially since the NFL Network. You know, you just you have it all the time. And then there's a draft. There's always something going on. You
1: know what's going to be fun? That this summer we will get, and it's coming up soon, like less than a month, we're going to have World Cup. And that's great because you get a lot of information about a sport that you know nothing about. <laughs> You're like up for everything. You're like, wait, what happens if the net comes off when the ball's kicked? I'd
4: love a tournament. I got to be honest. A nice tournament. That's why I watch the Lily World
1: Series every That's year. what makes this the greatest event in the world. It's a world tournament. Yeah. The entire world gets the opportunity to get in a tournament.
4: If we beat England, forget it. I mean, I, uh, that would be the, the best thing since 1776.
1: Well, it would be even better because then finally if we win this, we will have our independence from them. Oh, okay. So finally we will be independent. Uh, it wouldn't be so much that would be great for us, but so horrible for them. <laughs> and it's always great to be in that position. Uh, we got nothing to lose.
4: But how could England possibly be that much better than us in soccer? I thought America has the best athletes in the world they play it more but i mean i could understand if this was like the 80s or 70s but you know it's 2010 we've play we we did well in 96 that well, was 14 years ago we haven't advanced since then
1: no uh simply said no that you could take our greatest fucking players and they would have a rough time playing for a lot of the english teams some of them were are able to play european fucking pro ball now which is great but if you look at it we're just not on their level. You don't understand. How, it's almost like, all right, look at the United States of America. Our natural, our, our national pastime is what? Baseball. Look at the size of our country. Yeah. And look at our history with baseball. Look at the tiny DR. Who gets the best short steps?
4: The Dominican Republic does. Now,
1: why would that be, Dave? Because they're insane about it over there. That's how the rest of the world is about soccer. Mm-hmm. When you I uh, was reading this story on David Beckham, he signed his pro deal, not his college deal or whatever. He signed his pro deal, I think, when he was thirteen. He started playing for that team professionally. Wow, that's not insane. the you know the A team, but he played under that professionally. We would be freaking out if you could start and play, you know. The minor leagues of the 76ers at fucking age 12 and 13. Over there, it's considered okay. Um, here is uh, Jim. You're fez. uh fez.
6: you guys want to, uh, Yahoo Sports has a, a World Cup soccer fantasy league. I don't know if that's offensive to you, but uh, you can start one up for Ron and Fez uh, fans. Or well, something.
1: we've actually been looking around for one and uh, having a tough time of even understanding the The rules to one,
6: yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different uh setups and in, in the different uh like
1: yeah yeah, like every fantasy league has a different way of playing
9: it, right, yeah, pretty much yeah,', yeah. Was pretty good, you just pretty much pick the games all the way through even the
6: even the qualifiers and stuff
1: yeah, well, that's not a fantasy, I wouldn't mind being part of that, where you just play it like the brackets, that might be fun. But to sit down and play fantasy soccer would be completely different. But, yeah, I don't mind us sitting down and filling out the brackets for fun. Um, here's uh, Gary in Vegas, Sherman of Fez.
9: Hey, guys, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, The the reason we'll never be better as a country soccer-wise, our athletes have more options in third-world countries, plain and simple. You take a LeBron, an athlete like a LeBron, or Kobe, they're handed choices what to do. Somebody in Brazil, it's either kick a soccer ball around or pick beans, your choice.
1: Yeah, we do have a lot of other choices for our athletes. And let's suppose if you really looked at this, if you had LeBron, Kobe, Tio, Ocho Cinco, if those guys were trained fucking soccer players. That would be awesome. It would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Jeter's playing. Jeter soccer. would probably be a fucking player. <laughs> if you just look at our purest athletes, unfortunately we would not have Steve Nash. But there's Steve Nash who loves soccer more than basketball. Yeah. And is a much better basketball player than he is a soccer player. Yeah. Apparently it's not an easy fucking game to master.
4: It just feels like we, we we should be up to semi-decent standards
3: by now. But have we had the decent coaches all along? They seem like they would want to go coach the best teams.
1: Yeah, I get that, but we're also not going to be coaching those guys except for every couple of years. You know what I mean? It's not like you get them all the time. They, they have to be around good coaching and good training all the time to get good. It's not like, I don't know, if... If you just took a Paterno and threw him with any team, he might not get you the same kind of success record as he has setting up a system that lasted for fucking 50 years. Uh, Anthony, you're on Manifest.
9: Hey there, guys. Uh, I got two things. One, one of the biggest things fucking up our soccer system is that at some point in our history, our university system got tied into sports. And that has slowed down the development of players like forever. Uh, like you said, guys are getting bought at, like, 11, 12 years old. Like, Leo Messi is the best player in the world right now for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. They bought him from Argentina when he was 11, you know? Um, and uh, they were spotting him already, like, as a, one of the best players in the world. And well, but
1: that- our universities know who the best 11-year-old basketball player is in the country. They know who the best 13-year-old quarterback is. They know it. Oh, sure they do. Um. Just look at hoop dreams. It is really fucking twisted, and I brought it up a lot of times, that our universities are somehow connected with sports. I don't even fucking understand it. These guys, they get no money. Oops, I'm sorry, they get an education that they may or not fucking finish. But the new coach at USC, uh, which one is this? Uh, Your guy, Kiffin?
3: Oh, yeah, Lane Kiffin.
1: Lane Kiffin, his um, father was Monty. Mm Mm-hmm. A uh, four million dollar deal. Four million dollar deal has never been to the university before. He gets four million dollars a year, and he's never really been that great.
3: Uh, he wasn't. Hey, great. He has no success then, uh, except when he was an assistant. Yeah, but his you can't count that.
1: Assistant's different. Uh, Teddy, you're on the run of face show. You're like
6: waiting on the whole thing. Basically, soccer. You got to have just a ball. You got. You got played. Baseball, you have you need equipment, and like you say, getting now into the money situation, uh, that's really the only route out. Here, if you, you have the baseball skills, that's what you're going to follow. But in these other countries, you know, if the skill is just kicking a soccer ball around, you could do it with just anybody.
1: Um, There's something to say that, and I think the other thing that works is that it's the world's game. That you're bringing up Argentina... Has had great soccer background. Brazil has had great soccer background. So, of course, is England, Spain, Portugal, Greece, France, I mean, Germany. They all
4: love this fucking sport. Maybe we could dedicate like um, like 10 states to soccer and say well, here's you, the you, you guys thing. have to play.
1: Do you know that, I mean, football is our game. Way more kids are playing soccer now than play football. They, I mean, if you have an eight, nine year old kid, you don't want them to play fucking organized football the way we did. It, it, you'd be, nobody wants their kids to fucking do that. Yeah.
4: They all play soccer.
1: They all play soccer. I played soccer. There are more kids playing soccer than Little League Baseball now.
4: Wow. I can't, oh,
1: I didn't know that. More playing than Little League Baseball, but somehow they fall out of it as they get going along. Well, because it's not on TV.
4: I mean, all kids do is see, is watch what's on television, and if you don't see American soccer stars, you're not interested to pursue it.
1: Um, I don't know. It's, it's on TV now. I, I, I mean, I sit around and watch kid. the Fox Soccer Channel, and there's probably, I bet you can get like 10 soccer games a fucking week on now. It's more than ever has ever happened in the history of the United States. Russ, you're on the run a Show. Hey, Ron. What's
6: going on? Hey, man. Hey, so I... I don't know, you guys are talking about how England's so much better than us. I actually got an opportunity I played over there when I was sixteen on like this uh international team that you can try out for and we'd play their rec teams and we'd play their club teams and their rec teams were better than our club teams and we could kind of keep up with them but their club teams these guys they i say guys they were sixteen years old they were with pro contracts right they're unbelievable. Our first game against a rec team they they broke our forward's leg. The goalie did. Both no. <laughs> bones his lower leg. You're
1: like, what the it's fuck just... are we doing over here? Um, let's go to uh, Ryan in New York. Here, manifest. Uh, I gotta
6: disagree with you guys. We already are pretty good at soccer. We beat Italy
1: a couple. couple yeah, years ago, and that was the number one game. No, no, I get it. We're, we are we are much improved at soccer. There's no doubt about it. And also, uh, but Dave U- is looking for a locked win, the way we do in basketball. I want championship. That's he all. wants. And is there any possible way, you think, Ryan, we could win this World Cup?
6: Uh, Maybe not this year, but, you know, in a couple years with all the kids playing soccer, we're going to get a lot better. And we out-hustle every other team.
1: I don't think you've ever watched the speed of these games. I watch them. And games that will win, you can tell the difference between our fucking team and who we're playing. We were playing Spain. And the game that we won, right? We beat Spain. Is that the one? Yeah. Yes. That was our big upset. They were so much fucking faster than us. They were so much better at ball control. I mean, they were. they It's. We're not at that level yet. And we beat them. And you're still like, we're still not at their level. But that's
4: my problem. Is that I feel like since '94, we've been saying, "Hey, next World Cup, we're going to be a contender." And we and and that was. I remember that team. That was you know that '94 team. And now. Here we are 16 years later. What's going on? The
1: 94 team was the year that... That
4: Italian goalie, remember, with, the, with okay. that Italian-sounding name? And then Black 98 hair.
1: was Brazil winning again, right?
4: Yeah. And, and, and so I thought since 94, I remember, they were
1: like, this is going to be huge. Soccer is going to b- take off. It was after 98 that I decided I'm a World Cup fan for now on. I've stuck with it since 98. I can't remember a lot of the 94. I just remember that Italian goalie, and and I think the uh, Giants
4: had a tryout to see if he could uh, kick field goals. Of course, it went nowhere. Um,
1: Let's go over here to uh, Evan and Dallas-Sherman-Fez.
6: Yeah, there's only one reason why uh, soccer isn't huge in America. Go ahead. That's because private universities are the only ones that can have men's soccer teams. So kids play when they're little kids, and then they play all through high school, and then they got nowhere to go after that.
1: So there, there's no programs that, let's say, a Syracuse, a Georgia, a USC?
6: No, there was some kind of law. And I think it was actually, it's kind of funny, uh, girls volleyball screwed this whole thing up where you have to, there was some kind of law that was enacted that you had to add a woman's sport to every male sport that you added. Right. You, you said the public system.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: And that kind of, whenever they did volleyball, then that kind of threw everything off to where there's really no other sports to add for girls if you add soccer.
5: Why don't you add
1: girls' soccer?
6: Well, they got girls' soccer because there wasn't parity to begin with. I mean, men had. Have-
1: I mean, there's something we're leading uh, one of the leaders in the world at, female soccer. We do fucking great. Uh, Marty, you're in Renifaz.
8: the network, they're going to have the UEFA Champions League uh, title game between Bayern, Munich, and Inter Milan.
5: Yes. And
8: that's like a first for American TV to have that game on. I want to point something out. Physically, size-wise, soccer is a game normal-sized humans can still play in. Look at Wayne Rooney. He's only 5'10". I don't think huge guys would be good at it. You know what I'm getting at? They're not quick enough.
5: Um,
1: well, yes and no. There's also some really big guys. But you are right about that, that... It really is a lot of guys um, that you would consider average size. But
4: well, we thought the same thing about shortstops for many, many years, and then our, our, the bigger shortstops have come into fashion.
1: Um, but I do think you could take a TL and he'd be a fucking terrific soccer player. So do I. Uh, let's go over here to Travis, your run first.
6: Yeah, Ron, um, I think that, I want, you said nobody'd let their son, or everybody'd want their son to play soccer. I don't. My son's a smaller kid too. He's only 10 and, and they've asked him to play soccer twice and he doesn't really like it either. He loves football. He's never going to play in the pros. But I think, I think soccer's, I think it sucks and I think they're pussies, some of them, not pussy pussies, but pussies that play. I mean, look at football. It's the biggest sport in the world. Yeah. A lot more people watch soccer live, maybe in another country, but it's the biggest and baddest here. But I like yeah, it's not.
1: It's first of all, not football. only is it not football, not the biggest in the in the world, it's not as big as a world sport as baseball or basketball. It gets very little play outside the United States of America. Basketball yeah. is is the number two sport. When LeBron James fucking goes around the world. uh Gigantic star, well known everywhere. Kobe is well known everywhere. I don't think that you're going to look at a lot of fucking U.S. football players and they're not. I don't think those guys know Roethlisberger. Maybe in Germany, that's about it. Mike, you're my Um, uh,
6: yeah, Ronnie, buddy. So uh, I'm gonna have to beg to differ. It's a bitch sport. No one really wants to watch frail white guys get carried off in a gurney. If you know what I mean. Football,
1: hoorah! I get that you like football. And I don't know why it is a one sport or another sport. You don't do this with, like, basketball. You know, you're not constantly trying to fucking compare football to basketball and baseball. It's a different sport. Totally. Uh, <laughs> odd comment. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Brian. You're on Renfaz. Once, twice, last year. Kevin and Piat, you're on the Run Fest show.
6: Hey, buddy. Yeah biggest problem that we have right now, and it'll change as time goes on, you can give any dad nine kids and a baseball, and he knows the rules for baseball, and he can do a halfway decent at coaching, and right. he can watch it. With soccer, you give it, try to get you know coaches for your teams, and it's next to impossible, and and half of them don't know the rules and don't want to learn the rules. But the great thing is the kids don't stand around. There's no sitting in a dugout for half the game. Right. There's no standing around. The kids get to play and participate. And then the problem with our universities are the only place that, that they scout players is from premier clubs. They do not look at high school athletes at all because it's too watered down to the pool and so only the kids with the, with the wealthy families and the money get to play for these premier elite clubs and maybe a few that get scholarships in. So it's a slow-building process, but 20 years, America is going to definitely get it because the money's there.
1: Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Good points. Here's Charlie in Jersey.
6: That was a very good point, the last guy. But uh, the biggest thing growing up that I played is soccer. Everybody came from Europe, so you got, you got know, Argentinians, Germans, Italians, So whatever coach you had, if he was Italian, if he was Portuguese, he taught you that brand of soccer. Mm -hmm. So we we don't have an American style yet. So you get all these people all over the country, and they come up to the national team, and each one of them plays a different brand of soccer. Very interesting. Until we adopt a way to play, which I would adopt English, and that make all the coaches, you know, until that happens, you're just going to have a bunch of different kids playing together, and they're never going to mess because they all play a different way.
5: Yeah,
1: I don't know enough about the sport, but I do see that, you know, if you look at German soccer and how controlled it is, it looks like the French play a much slower defensive game. England's a little more wide open. And then you get to the Brazilian guys, and they're just fucking flat out the globetrotters. They're just fucking crazy. It is crazy... Different extremes. Oh well, like they any play the game.
4: any sport's gonna have different styles of, of play and, and ways to you, win.
1: You like Smash Mouth. You're the old Smash Mouth. I want Smash
4: Mouth. Ma- no, I just I'm really curious about this like um, this LeBron, Kobe, Derek Jeter soccer team that we could have put together.
1: I'm trying to do it, and <laughs> all I have to do right now, I'm really down to, uh, just swapping out their brains for other brains, <laughs> a brain transplant. That would and be I'll positive. have something I can be proud of.
4: Well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, like we said before, you know, America, we, we could make a, n- a new trend that soccer players are bigger, and then we we would be the fucking shit.
3: It would look nuts on television.
4: It would look awesome if we're just a bunch of giants killing these fucking five
1: foot ten guys. Smith, you're on Memphis. How are you, buddy? Good to talk to you again.
9: Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh,
8: there's a book called Soccernomics you might want to check out that goes into... Um, why some countries are better than others and how the U.S. is going to progress. And and uh, they make the case that Turkey is going to end up being a, a huge soccer powerhouse. But it's a great book. And you are talking earlier about uh, the connection between sports and colleges. A guy named Murray Sperber writes a lot about that sort of stuff too. So you know, i to check those out.
1: I want Murray Sperber on the show. He's fantastic. I, w- I would love the, the crush the NCAA. I would love it. Dan, you're on the Fez show. Danny.
5: Hello. Yeah. Dan,
1: can you hear me, buddy? Lost ya. Uh, Here's uh, Bo. You're on Fez.
6: Hey, Ron. Hey, yeah. Fez. Uh, the caller that called in and said that only private colleges can have soccer's full of shit, the ACC dominates the nation in collegiate soccer, and it's got public schools like Clemson. Georgia Tech, UNC, just, just for a few. Mm-hmm. He's, talk, he's talking about that program, Title IX, and colleges have to balance male and female sports, but they can choose what they offer. Uh, public colleges definitely have soccer.
1: I appreciate it. Here's Bill in Chicago.
6: Yeah, Ron, I was wondering if we should stop worrying so much about trying to catch up in soccer when we can't even win the world baseball class or no. national pastime.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think it is uh, um, something to fucking look into across the board here. I hate seeing us lose these World Baseball tournaments.
4: But those things are still not set up perfectly. I mean, we don't have the guys really training for those the way they train for World Cup. I'm sure if we could put together a team and they were together for like a year, we would win the World Baseball Classic. And yet we have to. Well, we got to figure something out. We don't have the time, though. The baseball season is
1: so long. There's no time to fucking train. I get tired of how long our seasons are. I'd rather do, do it well. Uh, Jonathan Houston, you're on a fez.
6: Yeah, I was uh, calling back to kind of give a add-in to the guy that previously said that all the coaches are from foreign countries right now.
5: Really, uh, I th- but-
1: don't think that's even what we're looking for, but I appreciate it, Jonathan. Let's go over here to uh, Rob. Rob, you're on run of Fez. Let me try you again. Go ahead, Rob.
0: Hey, uh, good afternoon. Hey, on the, on the international level, the U.S. qualifies for the World Cup by winning the CONCACAF tournament, which is like, um, you know, the U.S. plays against teams primarily in the Caribbean and, like, mostly in the Caribbean and Central America. So we're not really playing. What we need to be doing is playing European teams more often, but... We can win the CONCACAF. We can beat, like, Trinidad, Tobago, or Barbados, but you know, which is great. But then when we get on the world stage, we kind of fall flat. See,
1: here, Here's what I had an idea a couple years ago as a club team, right? Uh-huh. If you had a, let's say, New York club team, and then let them play some games in uh, Chicago and L.A. And right. I, w- I wouldn't even keep this as even straight American. I would l- let it be everything. And... And then put them in the Champions League, right? right? Right, You would have this set up so Fox could then show this as a primetime thing. So you would have American kids watching, not trying to watch a whole league of Americans, but just one team playing against the best. And we would start and get that kind of Yankees feeling about ourselves.
0: What's, what's really cool in South America, for instance, you'll yeah. have a, a team like in Argentina, they have like Boca. right. They'll play tournaments like Copa Libertadores is a is a tournament throughout South America. So this club team travels. They'll play within their own league, like it would be like playing the Yankees in the ML, in like Major League Baseball. Right. But then they go into tournaments against other teams across South America. They travel to, to other countries, so it gets international with them more often than than what we're used to. We're used to you know just playing U.S. and Canadian teams with baseball or yeah. football. But it would be like if the Giants were playing, you know, the Canadian Football League equivalent,
1: you know. Yeah, we're very, training. very fucking, we're very, very slow to the gun on a lot of this stuff, and it's just a different way than we normally do sports. I still can't even figure out the soccer, soccer schedule. Uh, I don't understand how long the season is, why, oh, we lost 2-1, to one, so we're celebrating, we won overall, I never get it. Uh, Shane, Philly, Irma you keep Shane, we got you, buddy? I'm at
6: lunch and everything. I this, and Listen to that accent.
1: Listen to that chick's accent. I'm going to go back to him now because I want to talk to him. Uh, Joe, in Jersey, you're on the Ron of Fez show.
9: Hey, Ronnie. Um, I don't know how anyone can say in 20 years we're going to be good at anything. I mean, kids nowadays don't play pickup games, and they don't like, get together and play sports. They're too busy like playing Xbox and doing all that kind of stuff. And one more thing, Dave, that player you were talking about in the 94 was Tony Miola.
4: That's it. Good job. Tony Miola. I remember the Italian name. Didn't he play with the Jets a little bit? Uh, that's what I thought. He had some kind of thing. And then when they had the, you know, they brought up the MLCS and uh, the MLS, he was like the big goaltender for the New York team.
1: I'm going to see if, if Shane caught up with us. Shane, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. How are you doing down there in Philadelphia,
5: my friend?
6: Uh, can't complain. Can't complain. I was going to say uh, that red headed idiot there is talking about how... If we were big, we'd be uh, better than anybody else. 2002 World Cup quarterfinals, United States against Germany. We have Dwayne and Donovan staring a foot up at every member of the German team as he shakes a hand before the match. Mm. So size and everything. We, you know, just a little history. We've How do we do? For 20 years.
1: Uh, Shane, here's the important thing. When's uh, the Philadelphia team going to start playing in Chester?
6: Uh, it's June 27th. and You're in the neck of the woods, right?
1: That's right. Thank you, my friend.
6: Well
1: But we didn't win. I mean, so you can't say, well, look, we
4: had a, a short guy. That's, That's why he's
1: saying, uh, he's, he's saying, stop bragging.
4: We need the big guys, is my point.
1: Get a hold of Kobe. I will. I want T.O. part of this. I'll get Shaq to be a uh, goaltender. Uh, well Actually, we've got one of the best goaltenders in the, in the world, so we're fine. All right. Uh, Brian, you're on the run fest Show. Brian, Canada. Hey, how's it going? Yeah.
6: Hey, I was in Argentina there last week. I went to a Boca Juniors game. And I tell you, the the fans there are almost more interesting than the soccer. The bastards sang at the top of their lungs for about two and a half hours straight there.
1: Yeah, they are crazy. Uh, We don't even get it. I mean, the singing at a game thing just makes no sense to us whatsoever. Well, we
4: can chant defense and then hold up a picket fence.
3: We leave it to the useless cheerleaders. Women. Exactly.
4: Sometimes we chant charge, but that's only if they they have a, a horn sound effect playing for us. All
1: uh, right. Here is – Uh, this is from Wesley Shearer. Send this to 202 friends. Number one sport in the world is soccer. Number two sport, basketball. Okay. Number three sport, Dave – tennis wrong fez
3: uh baseball
1: baseball is number 4 what's the number 3 sport golf wrong hockey wrong rugby wrong
3: um oh fencing I... wrong boxing wrong
4: Ooh. oh jesus
3: a wrestling
4: oh i got it wrong auto racing like
3: wrong shit uh volleyball wrong
4: um defense <laughs> defense
3: he
1: just defense.
4: <laughs> I'm really out of sports. Um, rugby, right? I mean, come on, rugby.
1: Wrong. It R- is
4: croquet. Cricket. I was good. That's what I meant by croquet. I you, meant cricket.
1: That's fucking stupid. Then if I meant, you meant the wrong thing. I
4: know, but I was thinking cricket.
1: So it's one, soccer, two. He says uh, was a basketball, followed uh, uh, the cricket, baseball, and five. He has listed as pudding pups. But I think that was just uh an attack on us yesterday. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up the show. Oh this early? Are we wrapping up or letting it go while? Yeah, we we should take a break and
4: then you know we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in uh in a little while. Mm.
1: Ron and Fez
2: show. To contact the Ron and Fez show, you could call at 866 Ron Zero Fez or email us at Ron and Fez at AOL.com. Or you can instant message us at Ron and Fez on AIM. You could also visit the show's MySpace at MySpace.com slash Ron and Fez show. It's the Ron and Fez show on XM202 Sirius 197.
0: You're listening to the Ron and Fez show on the virus Sirius 197, XM202.
10: You do. I'm asking you, what would you do to change this healthcare system for the better? Get off
6: my phone! Get off my phone, you
7: little pinhead! Get off! Hey,
1: it's the Ron and Fez Show. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Uh, today is. The last lost day until the uh, regular episode, and then we have the two and a half hour lost movie. Uh, rog saying we're hoping for more deaths, more deaths. Let's fucking take them all out. Take them all out. Sink that fucking island, then we'll be done. A uh, Supreme Court ruled Monday that the federal government has the power to indefinitely keep some sex offenders behind bars after they've served their sentences. If officials determine that those inmates may prove sexually dangerous in the future, the federal government, as custodian of its prisoners, has the constitutional power to act in order to protect nearby communities. Uh, This went 7 to 2 in the majority. Um, now, I understand that we all hate perverts and, oh, kid, touch her, I'll kill a kid, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it happens to be. Yet it does seem you have a court sentence and you are sentenced to do something when your sentence is over. It seems strange that then you don't, you haven't paid your debt to society. Now, let's get this straight here. They're not taking these guys and going, you know what, they've paid their crime, but we're going to take them to a mental institution and get them help. They're not saying that at all. They're saying we're going to keep this person in prison. And again, it comes back to that strange thing that we have in this country that sex is the worst possible thing that we can imagine. Because how many times do you think we are sending violent people out? You don't think that most of the time they're fucking releasing a lot of these guys? They're not saying, I don't think he's rehabilitated,
2: but he has done his time and we don't have a choice? Hicks, what's your thoughts on this one? I'm pro kid toucher in this one. I mean these guys it's like minority report where it's like they might, you know, commit a crime again, so let's fucking keep right. them fucking locked up. But we
1: and I know you don't know this, uh, because you don't have kids, but there's nothing we fear more than a kid toucher. And that's when, you know, those guys have to put the fucking sign on their house, go and tell their neighbors. You know what Jesus went through,
2: man. Well, I saw, I was watching Mystic River uh, yesterday, so I kind of understand. Yeah. Uh,
1: 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. So it sounds as if we are on the side of it seems like you should do the thing. So if anybody has a different angle on this, I'd love to hear it. 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. The, but here's the point I imagine the Supreme Court. Has thought of this a lot more than I am. I imagine I have to be missing something, but I don't see how legally once someone does their time, we can uh, hold them. Uh, here's Joe. Joe, you're on the Ron Fez show.
7: Hey, Ronnie. First yeah. time call. Big fan.
1: Thanks.
6: Um, I do this for a living, um, actually. Uh, I, I don't want to say where I'm, where I'm from cause I'm
5: you don't on the have block, to.
6: But, but uh, yeah, this has been going on since the 50s. It's, uh, it's really nothing
9: new. Um, this is just a, if they had a new case on it, it's just reaffirming what they've always said. Um, these cases are the, after the criminal sentence, guys are held.
6: Because you think about it like someone who is who is, you know, criminally insane, who's a danger to themselves or others. You can hold those people because they can't control themselves that's the, that's the same theory behind this um it's you know it's a
9: little bit different, but that's, it that's it
1: does seem like the person it. would belong in an institution then.
9: yeah well most of the places all have to provide treatment is one of the reasons why the
6: government can do it is,
8: uh-huh.
5: uh, in order
6: to try to help them so that they can get out it's not to hold them forever it's to help re- rehabilitate them so that at some point they can get out
3: but it sounds uh, like they're talking about people that can't be re- rehabilitated like that should just be a life sentence at the beginning. <laughs>
6: Well, I mean, there's a lot of research on it. Some people, say you hear a lot that they can't be rehabilitated, Uh but it's about controlling behavior. I mean, the thoughts and feelings, especially for the people who are interested in really young kids, that never goes away, but you can learn to not touch. You know, you can learn to control your behavior, and that's what they try to teach nowadays.
1: So your point is you do see this as almost as if they were being held in an institution to get help for You're not seeing this as we disregard the 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 crime itself. This is separate from the crime that they did.
6: It's it's absolutely separate from the crime and it's a they're are always civil proceedings. Um they're being held civilly just like you would you would you would do
9: someone who's you know a danger to themselves or others. That's how they do it.
1: Okay. All right that makes sense to me. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate right. it. Right. here is someone who calls themselves Anonymous You're on the Run Affairs show.
6: Hey Ronaby. Yes. So yeah um I am, I'm actually a sex offender and I think the way society treats us is bullshit. Um I my crime was committed over 10 years ago and I've got a wife and kids and you know I've grown up and I've done I've done everything right by society and to be honest with you um I think it's bullshit that we get more shit than a fucking murderer does. Mm.
1: Well, you definitely get more than a murderer. I uh, I don't think that once a guy's released from prison he has to put up a sign that says I've killed someone before. Beware of me. The interesting thing is somebody could hit a kid with a stick and do it repeatedly and not have to put a sign up. Um I'm just curious what exactly was your crime? What did you what were you arrested for?
6: I was uh, arrested for eluding and serious molestation mm-hmm. down in uh, down in Florida back when I was uh, 21, 22 and the girl was 15. Okay. Yeah. So um, and And since then, you know, I went through the therapy, and, you know, I did my time, and I paid my debt to society, went through the probation, never even, you know, never did anything wrong ever again, never have. Right. Got my life straight, got married, have kids of my own, got a house, you know, all that stuff. And, I mean, and, you know, I've had to move before, you know, I, I got ran out of places because... You know, word got out. Oh, there's a sex offender living here, and I'd have to pick up sticks and leave at a moment's notice. I got picked, kicked out of a dozen places, you know. And it just it, it makes it hard for for somebody like me trying to you know get their life back on order. That made one mistake one time, you know, to uh, to try to you know get our life back in order and just you know live a normal a normal life with society when society won't let it go.
1: Now, do you see yourself as rehabilitated? You understand what you did. Cross oh, the absolutely, line?
6: Absolutely, absolutely, one
7: hundred percent. Listen, I have a daughter and I have two sons, mm-hmm. and the last thing I want is for anybody to hurt my kids. You know, I live and die for those for my kids, man.
5: Right. And
6: you know, it's you know, it's just one of these things where, you know, we're I think as parents, you know, we kind of need to step it up ourselves <laughs> and educate ourselves about the people living around us and learn to protect our children without just automatically, you know. Just casting out the first stone and saying, "Oh, he's a kid toucher. He, he needs to rot in his he needs to rot in jail for the rest of his life." Yeah. Well, how do you know? Well, how do you really know? Were you there? Were you there when it happened? No, you weren't. Unless well, we'd be in jail too. Yeah, you know, you'd be. You, you need to know the circumstances around that particular person's situation. Yeah. But you
1: we know, can't watch you do these things. We can only find well, out obviously, after the fact.
6: Obviously not. But just like there is with murder, there's different counts of murder. You know, you've got different different levels of murder depending on the, the circumstances or the situation. Whereas a sex offender, it doesn't matter if you're a sex offender or a sexual predator, you get lumped into the same group. Mm. You know, a person can murder somebody and be and be uh, and catch a plea and, and get it get it down to manslaughter. You know, but you know, a sex offender can't.
1: Uh, every- I appreciate you calling.
6: All right, no Ta- problem. Thank take you. care,
1: man. Uh, here's Cold Daddy in Georgia. You're man of fez.
6: Hey, Ronnie B. It's a uh, honor to speak to you again. Uh, my neighbor is actually a uh, convicted sex offender. Uh, spent his seven or eight years in prison, and it's kind of like he's still in prison because uh, just recently, guys came in and they tossed his house, uh, his workshop, and literally, I mean, it looked like you know something you would see on the movies. They overturned beds. They checked his computer uh all through the attic uh up under his house everything looking for pornography looking for drugs the whole nine yards and he said this is a random thing it just
1: happens it, every once in a while
6: yeah he said it's something that's pretty much going to go on the rest of his life and um he said you know it's just the the cost the, the price of his freedom and uh you know so it's kind of like he is a prisoner for the rest of his life
1: well he's definitely a suspect there's no deal he's one of the usual suspects from this point on. Here's Brian and NYC, you're on Run Fez. Hey buddies. Yeah.
9: So I was supposed to see my Uncle Paul and uh, he's still he's still in jail because they don't trust him. He's on the ONA show every once in a while, but that's it.
1: Um thank you. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. <laughs> you really fucking had me. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Uh, Fred, you're on the Run Fez show.
6: Uh, yeah, Ronnie B., love you. I love you guys. Thanks. I've just been uh, calling down from VA, your old stomping grounds, and uh, they have down here a sexually violent predator act, and they involuntarily commit um, people who have uh, committed, um, you know, rape, aggravated sexual battery, sexual battery, anything, while they're in prison. And what they do is they score them on this device called a uh, static 99. It's supposed to predict their recidivism but they fail to take into account many many things and a lot of these um, guys get uh, put into an institution like you were saying, Ronnie, they they don't call it a prison. they call it a hospital. they're locked down and uh, basically they're kept there forever because they can never be cured.
1: So if you can't be cured of this, uh, you're just you're in you're staying in.
6: Yeah you're in what they do is they tell, they say they have um, personality disorders which according to the psychiatrists and psychologists is something that you can't be cured of Mm -hmm. and can't be treated with medication. And even though you go through years and years and years of sex offender therapy, they just don't let these guys out. And um, it could be a kid who was 18 who committed a a one-time rape, spent 20 years in, and now is stuck in this uh, basically a, a penitentiary, like you're saying. It's not the same as... Sex offenders right. who are out and on the sex offender list. But, yeah. but, you know,
1: That's if true. we have uh, violent, crazy people, we lock them up, right? Correct. And it seems like this, the same thing could happen. Uh, there was some guy the other day, uh, and I brought this up on the show, that was running down my street just chucking these big bottles. And I'm like, I know he's a homeless guy and I feel for him, but he's so fucking agitated here, he needs some help. The, the, he needs somebody to help him, you know, turn this thing around. I feel the same way about the, these fucking KTs. I'd rather sit there and work on it behind bars until we got the guy fucking fixed than not. Now, I don't want to just throw him in with everyone else and say you've done your time. Maybe some of those people, after they do whatever time they should do, you know, because I don't think that you should really even get to go to the institution without doing jail time at all. I think it should be some amount of both there. Um, shouldn't all this be part of the sentence in the first place though? I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with that as well that you, but I guess it is, I guess you have to go and take this test. And if you don't pass this test, you can't come back out again.
3: And then the other thing is there's no place to put them afterwards. Nobody wants them in a neighborhood. Nobody wants them anywhere where there's even when, even when they're cured. Yeah. Yeah. Even afterwards, it's, it's a, Try to think of any area that's not near a school, city or suburb.
1: Well, if you're going to live in the suburbs, you're going to live in a neighborhood with kids. And then those parents, and I get it 100 percent, are going to freak out when they find out a fucking sex offender. Oh, yeah. Lives on their block.
4: There's a website that, you know, will post There's tons there. of those, by yeah. the way. And when we, when There's we. phone were... apps. Now. Yeah. When we were li- living in Brooklyn, we put it in there, and it was just like, bing,
1: bing, 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 yeah. you know, so
4: I, w- I was like, I've, okay. I've done
1: the same thing before.
4: <laughs> I'm out of here. But try it with Jersey. I, I I will, but it's it's a lot less frequent. I mean, I'm not saying Jersey's great. I'm just saying where we live is a lot better.
1: But you're not going to go anywhere that you're not going to have sex offenders, and, of course, obviously, it only takes one. Um, Here is, uh, is, let's go over here to Jesse. You're on my fence. Virginia
6: 20, Constitution Highway.
1: Uh. We got you, Jesse. All
6: uh, right, hey, what's going on? Yeah, this, Colin? I worked in corrections for three years, and
8: I was in charge of uh, the group of people you're talking about. There's all kinds of different people with different situations and stuff. But I will say this. If somebody murders somebody... Turn left
6: on Virginia 20, Constitution Highway. Sorry, navigation system.
8: That's your if
5: robot.
6: Mur- <laughs> if somebody murders somebody, everybody
8: sees, like, ah, oh, I might have killed him for some reason. You know, I sympathize with that guy. Nobody sympathizes with somebody who molested a child. Right. So that's what I'm saying is and you guys are saying, well even if someone murders somebody
1: Yeah, but because thing. here's the thing, we cannot think of anything worse in our country than we can sex. We can right. totally get <laughs> torture before we want to put up sex. And then if anyone actually was sexually abused in this country, we're, you know, we do that whole, oh, my God, I happened to a cousin. You know what I mean? We, we keep it like you are permanently scarred from this.
4: And when you murder someone, I mean, they were once a child. I mean, you can't
1: look at it. So just... you're taking every murder is actually a kid killer? In a weird way, they are. They're somebody's baby. Well, that's the, that's the truth. They are someone's kid. But we, if you literally think of... uh. A kid toucher, well, let's, and I'll particularly use little boys because we're all fucking men here. We think of that as you've destroyed a man's life. Mm -hmm. We just take it that way, whether we're wrong or not. You, if someone even says, I was molested as a kid, but I don't give a fuck, you're like, no, you do give a fuck. Let's give you some therapy until you start crying about it and you feel the shame. We just do that as a fucking society.
4: Yeah, and we make them, you know, anything that happens to them, we blame on their child molestation. Yes. Even if they get a speeding ticket, we're like, well, you must have been speeding because you were touched when you were a
1: child. No, that came up with you a couple of times with shrinks, right? They immediately go for it. Oh, yeah. Well, because I pissed the bed. They thought that was, there was some weirdness there because I pissed the bed till I was like 15, 16. Well, you probably pissed the bed because your uncle's dick was in your ass. <laughs> okay. And that probably made you piss. It's not your fault. Um Let's go over here to uh, Mark. You're on the Run-A-Face show.
6: Hey, hey, Ronnie, you're under the assumption that kid-touchers can be fixed, though. I mean, what if kid-touching is like, I mean, gay people. Gay people are attracted to people of the the same sex. I don't think they can be cured. And what if these kid-touchers are attracted to children? It's a natural thing that they
7: can't be cured of.
1: Well, it's an interesting point that you come up with because it wasn't that long ago the sexual deviants were gay that gay people were put on this same list. You would get locked up. uh, They would try to help you, and also cross-dressers and whatever. But here's the point. If you are attracted to children, you're allowed to be in your mind. What you're not allowed to do is cross the line and bother another human being with it. You cannot grab that kid. It's almost like if... Dave has rape fantasies, or Pepper has rape fantasies. And I think you both have said that you do, right? You watch porn with rape. That is okay, as long as you don't carry out your fantasy. You're allowed to sit. You could have murder fantasies. Matter of fact, some of the most brilliant fucking people we've ever had in this country have murder fantasies, but then they write it up in books or screenplays and sell them. Mm. That's a lot different than acting like I have this murder fantasy and I now need to carry it out. So you can sit there and have all these fucking thoughts
4: that you want. You just can't cross that line. There's no place for these people to release it. I mean, I'm not saying I'm an advocate. How about into
1: a condom in their own fucking room? Just jack into a condom.
4: Well, I mean, this might be – I'm not saying I I necessarily agree with it, but, you know, child porn, I mean, if the guy's looking on the Internet and then he pleasures himself – I don't know. I'm just wondering maybe that's better than him going outside to a schoolyard and f- actually fucking a kid.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you still don't need the child to be the victim in your child porn. You need to make some kind of fucking fantasy in your own fucking head. All right. Whatever you need to do.
4: Well, I'm saying that, yeah, that's what they need to work on is how do these guys release that fucking fantasy without involving children.
1: Um, how about everyone who fucking has a fantasy about a movie star, but doesn't show up at their house? It's okay to be at your house, jack off thinking about Angelina Jolie. You show up at her house and do it. You're a fucking lunatic. Why? That's not fucking hard for anybody to fucking figure out. Okay. How about meet yourself a person of age and fucking put her in pigtails in a fucking bib? And act like I'm babysitting you today. No one gives a shit. You're fine. You're just a couple weirdos doing your weird shit. I like that one. Well, I'm not going to help you with that. Taming teens. Um. Let's go over here to... Uh, let me go to Justin. Arkansas, you're in my face.
9: Hey, uh, I was listening to a story on NPR and... Up until about a year ago in Miami, since you had to be 2,500 feet away from parks and schools if you're a sex offender, uh, the only place in the city literally that they could live was under
8: these uh, freeway overpass. So there was a big tent city of sex offenders, and the parole officers
9: would just drop them off there.
1: First of all, those weren't sex offenders. Those were Cuban refugees. (laughs) There's a gigantic difference between the two. And I got this from Tom Petty. I don't have to live like a refugee. I don't have to live like a refugee. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Here's um, Bill. He's worked as a corrections officer. How are you, Bill?
0: Pretty good. How are you doing, Ronnie?
1: Good.
8: Uh, I don't agree that they can uh, be rehabilitated. There's a lot of cases, like the guy that called earlier. He was 21 with the 15-year-old. Those are your average one-time deal, but I mean if you, I've read thousands and thousands of case files on these guys that I watch every day and uh, their, their victim impact statements and stuff are just heartbreaking. Once something like that's done to a little kid, you're pretty much a screwed up adult. So I don't know I have no idea what you should actually do with these people.
5: Right. Uh, but you I
8: don't mean,
1: think, from what you've seen, from your point of view, they can't even be cured?
8: No, uh, I mean, it gets to the point where after you've done the, my job for a while, that you can literally, I mean, you can be walking the mall and pick out, we call them tree jumpers, you know, jump out of the bushes. Right. You can literally pick out a tree jumper. And, I mean, I've done it where I've seen a guy's picture on the news, and they're like, this case coming up, and I'll say tree jumper. My wife will say, why is I, everybody got to be a tree jumper? He's a tree jumper. You can just tell there's something about him. I don't know what the deal is.
1: So you you now see... That they almost have um, a look. A look. You know, I mean, like, you know, they
9: look like an ape kind. Okay.
1: Oh, no, Jesus. We're... All right. Thanks, man. All right. Huh? Weird. Uh, this is very cool. The, uh, I'm looking at a picture right now that one of our listeners took uh, on the train, on the boat from uh, Dublin to Liverpool. Listen on the iPod app. That's that p k hmm, he's over there, and I get is that the Irish Sea? Is that what that's considered? yeah, in between the two did you take that ferry Dave? Oh yes,
4: yep, it was all 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 around that all about that shit,
1: man, that is one ugly gray, low hanging cloud there. you get all the seasons in one day in Ireland, <laughs> you know every fucking town tries to say is the same thing, oh really, yeah. Uh, Frank, you're on
5: Renefez.
6: Yeah, right, right. Don't you think some of these parents who put their kids, you know, on these town shelves and dress them up like whores have something, you know, they'd steal the fire with that sort of uh, stuff?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's wrong to dress your child as a whore. But again, I don't think that you could take a baby, dress her up as sexy as you could, and get anybody but a kid touch her interest
3: it's it's the argument that the kid was asking for it by well, wearing eyeshadow and a cheerleader outfit.
4: Make my daughter look like Julie Roberts from Pretty Woman. You know, you dress her up that way. Sure, why not? It's cute. Everything will turn out in the end, anyway. You gotta dress her up like Raggedy Ann. Oh, she has. She was uh, Raggedy Ann this year for Halloween. Beautiful. Next year, I think she's gonna be a pumpkin. We're real original. Why don't you just give her the pillowcase put two eye holes in it? <laughs> or the bad, uh, I'm going to be a bum, quote-unquote, and your mom takes fucking charcoal and paints a fake beard on you.
1: I had no idea. I had no idea. It was all happening down there like that. <laughs> all right, we're getting ready to wrap this one up today. It's uh, the Rana show. Show. Uh, tomorrow... We may try to run that on mass for you, uh, and I hope you do catch it. It's Colin Quinn, an hour with Colin Quinn. It's just, it's not only hysterical, which obviously he is, but it's, it's also very thoughtful. You find out a lot about about the business, about writing. He's a, he's a pretty brilliant guy, and uh, I'm really looking forward for everybody uh, hearing this. I wanted to do one of these for somebody that the 202 audience knows very well. And not just make everybody wait for the Raw Dog thing on Saturday nights. But uh, we'll see if we can't get it all worked out tomorrow. Because I could certainly see them being upset that we were doing this. Hey, that wasn't for your show. It was for our network. And then we go like this. Oh, we didn't know. It's all one happy family, man. It's serious. Mm. We didn't know. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run the Fez show.
3: Ryan, you
6: made a great point. I was raped as a kid, and uh, I told my parents later on in life, and they say, oh, you got to go to therapy, you've got to go to therapy. You know, this is such a bad thing, and I'm just sitting there going, it's not a big deal. It happens to a lot of people. But they insist, no, you have to go to therapy. You've got to talk it out. And you got to cry about it and all this stuff. Yeah. It's just crap.
1: Uh, we had a question, Fez, too. When's the DVD coming in?
3: Um... For the Colin thing. Uh, I gotta find out. Mm. I don't have an uh, actual time.
1: Uh, uh, Ryan. Yeah? Sorry for ignoring you while you are telling me you were raped as a kid, but, you know, I got my own stuff to do <laughs> I do two radio shows.
6: Not a problem, Ronnie. All right, buddy.
7: Stay right, strong.
4: Well, <laughs> Jason Patrick on the phone there
1: from Sleeper. Uh, Chris, you're on the Run Face Show.
7: Yeah, um... What about the, um, the young high school, say, 24-year-old teacher who has an affair with, like, a young 17-, 18-year-old uh, student? Should they be subject to the same type of punishment?
1: You know, I, I'm sure that's going to be up to the jury, but you heard that guy today. His life was ruined because when he was 21, he was with a 15-year-old girl. That's crazy. Now, quite frankly, you know, 27 and 21, uh, no problem. 18, 25, 26, 27, no problem. Nobody complains about it.
4: Yeah, I mean, that was it was too young. He did make a mistake, but he's not a sex offender. He didn't fuck a child.
1: He's not a sex offender in the normal way that we think of sex he is sex offender. Closer, he's closer to a peer. Yeah. He, what do you mean? He's closer to what? She was his peer almost. Oh, she was fifty. I thought you said here. I thought you meant... Pointing at yourself.
3: No. I think that female teacher in Seattle who was dating her kid ended up going to jail twice because of it because she couldn't stay away from him. I think once he was 18, they ended up getting married.
1: Yeah, well, that kid was great. Let's face it. She was right all along. That kid was unbelievable. He was a fucking, he was a mover and a shaker. She had to be with him.
4: He was a catch. I mean, come on. You know, there, there's not every day that you get a nice fucking 14-year-old with a 7-inch cock.
1: You know that kid's last name? No. Hasselbeck. He's now <laughs> quarterback of that thing.
3: And I Cause... believe his parents watched the baby while she was in jail. Oh, that's sweet.
1: He was like a Samoan kid, right?
3: Right, yeah. Whatever.
1: They're island people. I don't know what it is. You get surrounded by water, you do crazy shit. Uh, Terry, Florida, Airman Fez.
6: Hey, Ronnie, I got a friend of mine that was, he had graduated high school was like 19 and he was, he was dating a girl that was like a junior. She was 17 and he got charged with statutory rape and, and is classified as a sex offender. He's married to the woman. Now they have three children. I mean, it was not a, you know, not any way a sex offense, but it stuck with him the rest of his life, you know?
1: Um, this friend of yours, is it
5: you?
6: No, no, actually it's not. He, uh, the only thing that's really kept him is, is, is being successful is his dad is very, has a lot of money, and he's able to work for his father. Otherwise, he wouldn't even be able to provide a good living. His, his dad has provided him with a good job. That's the only thing that's saved him.
1: That's lucky for you that your dad's there for you.
6: No, oh, my dad's dead. I drive a truck.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's not you.
6: not me, Ronnie. I didn't get laid till I was 18.
1: But it is you.
6: No, I was a little fat faster. I couldn't get no pussy.
1: All right. Congratulations. Your dad's there for you. Uh, here's uh, Nate
5: Maine, your MFS.
7: Hey, Ronnie. Hey, up here in Portland, Maine, they just lifted an ordinance. Um, it used to be all sex offenders were banned from living near, you know, so many feet near schools, and they just lifted that. So only high risk uh, sex offenders are banned from living there. I was just wondering if what you thought about that.
1: And I'm being totally honest here. I can't understand why any man who wasn't a sex offender, would want to work in a school. I can't imagine being surrounded by kids all day unless I had something for them. I'd go nuts if I was in that school. Maybe they like to teach. Teach what? Little kids how to do stupid things? How could someone not know what a fucking F is? you got to fucking sit there and explain the concept of F to somebody. I don't want to sit around telling some motherfucker what a noun is. I'd go nuts. I'd put a gun in my mouth before I could sit around and talk to those kids. I think I only had one male
4: teacher in uh, elementary school. I think there was only one male teacher in my entire elementary school.
1: Did he, was he the ones that they always called if a fight broke out that he had to yeah. leave? <laughs> He was that guy. Down there. Yeah, I know.
4: He, he also was um, very big into Robin Williams's Dead Poets Society because he had, like, Carpe Diem written on the blackboard and had us, like, go outside and march in
1: unison. Yeah, because you know he what? figured your kids hadn't seen that movie. <laughs> he, he was he, right. They just lift everything they yeah, fucking he see. he
4: stole the whole act. Well,
1: of these kids always remember me.
4: Yeah, and he did, like, impressions and shit. And, and then years later, I saw Dead Poets Society. I'm like, oh, my God, it's
1: Mr. K. I would actually have to say. To some kid. You think I fucking care what the biggest export from some stupid country is? You're going to fucking write it down on a piece of paper and hand it to me? I don't know why we were so upset obsessed with exports when we were kids. Oh, they make this fucking product. We had to constantly bring it up. Venezuela is known for its fruits. And just stop. Try to find something of fucking interest to talk
3: about, you assholes. They thought they would get us if they talked about chocolate.
1: The other thing that fucking gets to is, like, these band teachers. I was watching something. Oh, we're teaching these kids classical music. These kids were awful. They're, like, fucking kindergarten and first grade just all trying to blow one note together. I'd go out of my mind.
4: Yeah, they always make it sound look like it's Mr. Holland's opus. but I would just put my head on
1: the table. I'd say... If I sleep through this class, everyone gets an A. If I hear something that wakes me up, every kid gets an F in this class. So watch out. Police each other. God, there's nothing fucking duller than a kid. They're just sitting there all stupid. Tiny hands. Stupid questions. I can barely carry anything. Like, any time, like, a kid will be like, how does an airplane stay up here? I'll just give the same answer. Somehow. Somehow it does. It's none of your fucking business right now. You little newsy bastard. Where do grasshoppers go in the summer? They go someplace. That's what happens. You fucking keep asking questions, something's going to happen to you. I know a kid like you ask a lot of questions. He got his fucking nose cut off. How's that? Don't be nosy, kitty cat. I don't have time to sit around all day and fucking play encyclopedia to you. Go fucking Google search and leave me alone. I hate the question. Are you my real dad? I, you know, your mom's a liar. You know it and I know it. I'm sure you've caught her in other lies.
4: What's it to you, kid?
1: Stop hanging around here asking me a lot of questions. I got my own troubles. When's our next meal coming from? I hate that. None of your business. I'll try and get some free coffee at work. Fez is going to jump in and start improv it. Uh, and I hear that song, Fuzzy. It's time to wrap it up. It's the loadout. We're going to tear it down and then load it out. But we do appreciate you hanging out with us here today. We'll see you here tomorrow on this same station. Talk about lost tomorrow.
10: Donk. Satellite's gone way up to Mars. Soon it'll be filled with park and cars. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV. Satellites gone up to the skies Things like that drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV